Don't forget, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Ladies, gentlemen, various thereupon, this is Modern Escape. Hello and welcome to this romantic episode of Modern Escapism. We've just a pinch of comedy and an ugly lead actor unconvincingly wooing the best-looking woman on the planet. My name is Oodles, and joining me today, I'll have what she's having. It's Candy. Hey, hello. You had me at hey, up. It's Stig. Angela Bassett did the thing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the podcast. I've been waiting all week to use that. <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. It's Gadget. Oh, bless you. Mm-hmm. And finally, Mr. P- Spaghetti Arms himself. He carried a watermelon. He's back. It's Biggie. <laughs> Hello. Dirty dancing. Come on. Never seen it. Wow. Revelations already. Before we get into the show... Expect a myriad of reviews in the Nexus, the segment in which we recount the last week of media consumption, then our main topic in which we'll re- we will be reviewing the worst-rated romantic comedies in the world. <laughs> but now, just... let's get back to our previously scheduled news broadcast. It's time for Biggie's breaking news, and he's back. Oh, You may already know, but he doesn't. Because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. That's right. And this week's news is sponsored by Prime. Just when you're ready for something to quench that thirst, Prime. Available at all looted and rioting stores. Surprisingly not at Amazon. (laughs) It's not we're not sponsored. Bloody (laughs) disgusting! (laughs) Has learned this morning that Bloomhouse... The multimedia company has launched a new subsidiary to produce and publish video games. The company has appointed Zach Wood as president and Don Setchler as CFO of the new venture. Blumhouse Games will partner with independent developers to bring their creative vision to life via original horror-themed games for console, PC and mobile audiences. In the spirit of its film business, Blumhouse Games will target indie budget games below $10 million to enable innovation and pushing creative boundaries. Oh, great. I'm pumped. Mm. Yeah, more good quality horror games. Yeah, please. Never going to stop moaning about that. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Absolutely cool. Next. As always, Microsoft <laughs> has now announced it has finalised a 10-year agreement to bring Call of Duty on, <coughs> on oh, Nintendo no. platforms. On in the same day as Xbox it's with getting emotional full feature again. and content parity. I mean, this is the, the only reason he hasn't got a Switch yet. <laughs> the movies, of course, relied on Microsoft's precarious-looking $68.7 billion deal to bring Call of Duty and make Activision Blizzard going through. And it also is not the first time with such agreements. Xbox, Phil Spencer um, first mentioned a 10-year commitment with Nintendo for Call of Duty back in December. Microsoft has also tried to offer the same decade-long deal to PlayStation in a bid to calm its concerns over Xbox and in Activision, which, of course, is still ongoing. And we will find out 
later in April, the final decision. This oh, just wait. needs its own. This just needs its own section. This whole ongoing palaver. <laughs> I know. It needs its own section of the show. In the last week, Biggie, have you lost the ability to read? Yes. <laughs> I don't think you ever had it. <laughs> you don't Microsoft. Remember. English is his second language. True. <laughs> um, Microsoft it- has also announced a deal with NVIDIA to put all Xbox PC games on cloud service GeForce Now. This Can't includes wait. Call of Duty. If Microsoft's oh, attempt to buy Activision Blizzard is successful. I can't wait for that. Well, that's that, that, mm. that's that's to get get around the fact that xCloud is the biggest game streaming service out there. Do people use game streaming? Yeah, those people do. Stig does it with Steam Ooh. Deck all the time. I've done it a few times. Yeah, I've played I, Xbox on my Steam Deck. Mm. Oh, I am um, weird. When a game hits Game Pass and I want to play it, I tend to start stream, streaming it as it's downloading. Yeah. And it works really well. Or saves if you me. just want to try it before you download it as well. Yeah, saves me having to wait 10 f- hours to download the fucker sometimes. I feel like I'd ruin internet <laughs> on my street if I started streaming a game. Well, yeah, that's because you're into the internet and your streets held together with string and sticky tape. There's loads of, like, guinea pigs under everyone's house on wheels. Yeah. Running well, the internet. <sighs> but, yeah, the, I'd I mean, be putting the, traps the, down. The, 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 <laughs> the Nintendo thing and the NVIDIA thing, it's... It's all it's all Microsoft making the moves to so that Sony can't say, Oh, they're going to have a monopoly over everything this year. No, we're going to put things on Nintendo and P- more PC players can access it in more ways without going to an Xbox website. You know? So it's it's kind of it's all kind of hobbling Sony's argument. Yeah. God, I can't wait for this to be fucking over. Well, you see, what'll happen is we'll get the decision in April, then the other side will appeal, and then it'll go on oh. for another year. And every week, Biggie will bring the news. Yes. To be consistent and informing the people. They don't care either. <laughs> all Biggie cares Next. about is whether he's going to have to buy a updated <laughs> Xbox or not. That's all he cares about. That's all he cares <laughs> about. Does he finally move away from Sony? <laughs> Never. Yeah. Sony for life. Rap, rap. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Microsoft, will soon have access to both Battlefield and COD. Then what? Yeah. Then what? <laughs> then what? The remake of Killzone. <laughs> it will never die. Next. I say Tango that. Gang. <laughs> Oh, it's right for Candy to do it, is it? Yeah, you're losing the authority here, Rudels. Yeah, did she get the job in the end? No. No, she didn't. <laughs> Next. Fair Ready enough. to step in. Tango Gameworks founder Shinji Mikami will leave the studio in the coming months. Bethesda Softworks senior vice president Todd Vaughan announced in a company-wide email verified by True Achievements. Not sure why they're that popular. I'm writing today to let you know that studio head Shinji Mikami has decided to leave Tango Gameworks in the coming months, Vaughan said in the email. Mikami-san has been a creative leader and supportive mentor to young developers at Tango for 12 years through his work on the Evil Within franchise, Ghostwire Mm. Tokyo, and of course, the recently released Hi-Fi Rush. Mikami, who's best known as the creator of the Resident Evil series during his 16 years at Capcom, founded Tango Gameworks in March 2010, and it will be acquired by Bethesda Softworks parent company, Zenimax Media in October that year. Oh, senpai. Mwah. I hope, I hope, I hope for whatever reason he's left, is for good reasons. Maybe he's retiring, but... I think, he, I think he's earned his retirement. He's created... Yeah, what a guy. A god. He, yeah, he's created one of the biggest, uh, horror, biggest media franchises in the world. He yeah, then, it's not just a gaming franchise, is yeah, it? It's media. No. 
which I'm sure he gets a little bit of a cut of it elsewhere because I it's always it's always based on the series created by Shinji Mikami. It is. Um, and then, you know, he had a good stab at the evil within. That was great. Set up his own studio. That was brilliant. Ghostwire Tokyo sold well, and Hi-Fi Rush has gotten, has gotten all yep. the accolades. So I think it's if he's retiring, great time to step down on a high. Oh, he's not mm. that old, though. He's in not. his late 50s, I think. Yeah, but he's but... not doing. He's not doing that Hideo Kojima thing. Yeah, that's not what I mean. Like for, for he's a... not shooting for the stars like he is for a Japanese like executive producer. They're not known for retiring. They don't retire, do they? Mm. they? Don't retire. They die on the job. Yeah, he might. De- oh, he maybe might it's de- all the pressure. Or maybe he's going to set up another little indie studio. Because that or, was what Tango or... was supposed to be. Ta- going back to Capcom, baby. I didn't he leave Capcom on bad terms? I don't think he's going back there. Oh come on! Let All me, bridges let me can be mended. Like yes, let me wish. <laughs> oh, Resident Evil Nine, Shinji Mikami. Oh my God! <laughs> Popping off, mate. I will pop off. <laughs> Return to the Spencer Mansion. Oh my God! I'd be, I'd be dead. I'm just gonna come back and oversee the remakes of Five and Six, but make them good. Take out all the you're, you're about to say how could the return? You're about to say how could the return when it's blown up? They rebuilt it. They rebuilt it for this game. Resident that Evil was 9. Mansion One. Mansion Two that was, was mansion never blown one. up. <laughs> mansion Two was never blown up. Yeah. Site so, B on a different island. Yes. In the Resident yes. Evil yes. universe, that actually makes sense. They have two mansions. They do that shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, they had the training ground in Resident Evil Zero, which was a similar-looking mansion about a half a mile down the road. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Senpai. Come back. Come back to us. Next. Silence of the Forest has a trailer out showing some of the multiplayer gameplay. Um, according to developer End Night Games, it's recently revealed that although the game is still in early access, it still managed to sell over 2 million copies in the first 24 hours. Stigbart since 2 million launch. times. On it straight away, literally, the, the, it, as it unlocked, they're just clicking refresh because it crashed Steam. <laughs> I saw that actually. <laughs> it actually crashed Steam. We're all sat there good. Has anyone got a copy yet? Yep, yeah. The biggest problem is they've kind of fucked it a little bit from online multiplayer because they haven't released the, I don't know all the technical jargon about it, but they haven't released the files that re- that's required to set up a server. So we can't mm. actually set a server up yet. You can only play it. By hosting it locally on the PC, which comes oh, right. with these issues of you can only do local saves, and it has to be Ooh. so. Like we started playing it on my PC for stupid reasons. We use the PC with the least yeah. like power. We I just, think the reasons we just guys, we're using my PC. I am Stig. No, it won't. We were just it's because I'd started playing it and then they joined in, like jumped on, but it was oh, like Oh right. Also, also it's early access, you can't argue with it. Yeah. Also to be fair, that makes sense to do advice Stig's PC because the the game gets throttled to whoever's got the, the lowest stats anyway. That's oh, how multiplayer games work, so that everyone has the same experience. Oh. Well it's All right, I do, get, I do get your yeah, yeah, early access argument, but they could have at least had the ability for people to set servers up. Ready. I'm sure that 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 will come in the in, hopefully in the coming weeks. I think I know, but you want it on launch. We can't play our game together for another two weeks now. Early access, give them give them a break. They, they they had a whole fucking game like for the last few years that did the same thing. They knew how to they know how to do it. Making games is easy, guys. No, all, <laughs> it's not that. It's it's literally just it's literally the fight, it's server info. That's it. It's not. Yeah, I'm mm, sure. I'm I know sure. what you mean. 
it's nothing to do with like uh, bugs or or writing code. It's just something that they just have decided they haven't given. I'm sure there'll be a, there'll be a good reason for it one week, re, re, uh, one way or another. Yeah, they forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, next. Uh, Sony had a state of play uh, this week, and it kicked off with some PSVR two games. I'll just mention the games very quickly. Nah. Showed some uh, footage of the Foglands. Green Hell VR, Synapse, Journey to Foundation, um, and something else called Before Your Eyes. I don't know if anyone's bothered about the PSVR 2. Not really. Uh, I, I, I'm, mortgages. I'm, I'm really amused by Journey to Foundation because it's based on Isaac Asimov's Foundation universe. <laughs> I, I, but they've turned it into a kind of a VR stealth shooter. And I'm not sure I remember sure when you, told me, you, mess- you messaged me about this because <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch it. And I was like, is this, is this Asimov's Foundation? And Gadget were like, Yes. Um, there's guns in it. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't recall much violence in those books. <laughs> no. More political and uh, yeah. existential. Uh, mm. Yeah. I'm not sure how they could... I mean, I mean uh, really happy to have the idea of having like a classic sci-fi master have a game like based on his work. Brilliant. Like, Wait, well, really the really iRobot game. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be next. With or without Will Smith. <laughs> Yeah, probably without. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it seemed like a, we- a weird set of choices because you could do like a really interesting narrative game in in the Foundation universe. Yes. Um, I don't know why you would want to have a shooting a shooty bang bang game in it because they got the license for cheap. <laughs> That's <laughs> why. I think they just create a sci-fi game and then oh, we've got a license for it for marketing purposes. Let's make a Foundation. It's probably not. It's probably not far off getting into public domain. That thing anyway. Won't be far off. Yeah. True. It's like when people get the licensing for games to make them into films, isn't it? And they just mm-hmm. make a. This isn't a horror film, a horror game, but we're making it into a horror film. Or no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this kind of film, but we've made it into an action film. But there's no action yeah. in, with, in that game. <laughs> Looking at you, Uwe Ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't look at him. Don't look at him. That's what he wants. No, he'll challenge you to a boxing match. I know. Yeah, he'll, yeah. Apparently, he'll kick the shit out of anyone who says anything. That's what he wants. <laughs> Angry Next. little German man. Moving, oh. Moving on from PSVR 2, uh, there's a launch trailer for Destiny 2 expansion Lightfall, which comes out next, next week. <laughs> it, it, it will be out two days ago as of this episode. I don't. It, I know it's so only on Destiny 2, but they didn't need to put a fucking trailer to their state of play for it. And it, that probably won't crash Steam, because no one's downloading it. <laughs> Well, you, as I'm trying to say, Bungie is currently investigating an issue where the early preload of Destiny's 2's up-and-coming expansion is locking players out of the game entirely. Right now, it seems <laughs> as though the issue is chiefly affecting those on PS5 and players that don't delete and reinstall the game may find themselves locked out completely until launch day. Nice. Fucking if you're getting the dodo error, then contact Bungie immediately. As in dead as that? Doesn't say, doesn't say dodo. I'll just put that in. Oh, okay. Oh, please contact the game for all first-person shooter queries. Until you play the division. <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. Problem solved. Two, two mainly two. Next, <laughs> Next up Any was more? the more lovely looking... state of play? Next up was the lovely looking Tachira, which launches um, the PlayStation Plus catalogue as a day one release. That did look good last time we saw it, didn't it, Gadget? Yeah. We watched it on that <clears throat> reveal. It looked yeah. like Moana. Yeah, I'll give it a shout. Uh, especially with it being on um, PS Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Use those trials, baby. Why I 
Sony revealed a few more games coming to PlayStation Plus in March. The list includes <laughs> Battlefield 2042. That's a banger. Certified banger. <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons, Code Vein, and I think Ghostwire Tokyo has actually been added, which I think would be cool. That's been added that to the, uh, the game catalogue thing. Yeah. It's been added to that. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that. I am very looking forward to jumping into Ghostwire Tokyo. I think you'll enjoy Doodles. Yes, I also do. Lots of, um, lots of UK uh, to deal also, with. Code Vein is a nice anime Dark Souls. Um, I couldn't get on with wife, it. I couldn't get on with you. With wife was in it. And try- Minecraft Dungeons is fucking brilliant. Yeah, that looks good. It's, I might give that a try. it's Diablo. It's basically Diablo. I'm not doing it's Battlefield good. 2042. There's not. It'll be 90 look- gigs anyway. Who wants to download 90 gigs worth of tripe? <laughs> I just looked up Code Vein because I didn't know what it was. Literally the second picture on tits. On, yeah. <laughs> big, big anime tits. It's, I'm in. Yeah. Fuck's I'm in. The thing it's is, good, it, it's, it's got a game. really good combat system, but I just couldn't get past yeah. the ooh-ooh-ness of it. It was just oh, yeah. fucking it's pure. bad. It's, it's pure. It's pure. And it's got the thing that uh, Stig mentioned before, like, oh, she's a child, but she's actually 10,000 years old, so it's fine. <laughs> it's got that in it. It's got that in it. So, yeah, um, be warned. It's got an easy mode, though, if... Um, People are scared of souls likes. It's got an easy mode, so yeah, try. Not going to cost you out, is it? Mm. Uh, next, next up from the uh, guys, Enhance, the maker of the wonderful Res and Tetris Effect. Humanity is due out in May 23 on PS4, PSVR, PSVR, and PSVR 2. And a lot of people saying it's really good. Yeah, everyone's so. saying it's Zen as fuck. Uh, that, that, so. that, that, that's the, the human herding one, isn't it? Yeah, it looks it looks proper like mellow, and I'm I'm into it. I don't know, like some of the, when they showed some of the later levels in the trailer, it looks stressful as fuck. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop playing when it gets stressful. But the mellow bits, like yeah, man, I'm into this. Kind of getting blazed up, lemons. playing some of that. Lemons, yeah. I used to love lemons. Oh, it was so good, but stressful eventually. Now humans are the lemmings. See what they do. Ha <laughs> Full circle. You wanted it, they heard you. Teen dinosaur narrative game, Goodbye Volcano High. All comes over out this. PS5. <laughs> All over PS4. this. PS4. What's that? I don't know. Oh, I don't care. Goodbye Volcano High. I, I, I will play this game. What's it about? Dinosaurs? It's a teen drama with teen car- drama with narrative cartoon game. dinosaurs. Oh my god, look at them. They're furries. They're they furry are. dinosaurs. And I'm tits. back in. Have they got tits? <laughs> nope. Nope. They're all oh. emos. Oh no, emo dinosaurs. They're all in a I've got hair. Have they actually got hair? I can't tell if I'm looking at fan art or the actual art. No, you're you, 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 you're looking at the actual art. It's not a good art My style. God. Yeah. It's very pastely. <laughs> Stig's right up for this. Stig oh, is up for this. Like teenage angst, he loves it. Oh, Oodles, loves it. The, the teenagers in a band. In a band, you get to play the band. You get to play like. <sighs> But, the, but they've got bands. they've got one last summer before they all move out of town. Yeah, <laughs> give me that. I've got, give me that shit. <laughs> if the dinosaurs, have they actually got hands to play instruments? Yes. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're anthropomorphized, and so they'll have hair like humans. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the why T Rex can't reach his guitar. That's why Candy <laughs> said they look like furries. <laughs> oh, I've oh, just so got, got onto rule thirty four of the internet as well. No, I've, I've gone too far. Away, I've gone too far. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, they've got they've got clothes on. <laughs> it's like, it's like the dinosaurs. Like a comet never hit the earth, and the dinosaurs evolved into humanoids. Oh, like into uh, a John Cooper Hughes in film. the Super Mario Brothers film. 
all over this. Like all over it. But you are. Any more, Biggie? Yeah, very quickly. Announcement trailer for Naruto X Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connection. Next. Not bothered. Um, Lorraine Studios offered up another look at the promising Baldur's Gate 3, which now has a release date of the 31st of August 23, and it's coming out on the PS5 as well as I was PC. about to say, on a PlayStation thing. Yeah, it's coming it's come oh, out. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it comes out earlier on PC. I think it's at the end of July on PC. I could be wrong. And then PS5. But yeah, it's coming out on PS5. Brilliant. I really like that. And it's got, it's got the, Fantastic. It looks like it's got, uh, for the PS5 trailer, it's got the same interface as Divinity Original Sin 2 on console. Yes, mate. Yeah, nice. I love Divinity. And you, you, love you, it. You, you, it. That'll work. It, show, it, it showed you doing that um, that split screen thing from Divinity where you can go off in yeah, one direction and the other off. person can go yeah. off the other side of the map. Love it. Bang into this. Bring me this now, please. See, you do like D&D. No, I don't. Shut up. Where do you think Baldur's Gate comes <laughs> from? Um, Games. <laughs> it's Forgotten Realms. It's a D&D place. It's Tolkien, mate. That's what lies, lies. <laughs> I am not a nerd. <laughs> yeah, more of that later. Moving on. Wayfinder is an online multiplayer adventure. Looks uh, the shite. beta is a PlayStation Next. exclusive. It looks shite. Capcom have revealed the looks of Zangief, newcomer Lily, and Cami is back. Street Fighter Six, back, baby. Have you, if you, uh, I don't know if you spotted it, but Cami's got a finishing move, which is taken straight out of the Street Fighter movie, where she. Flipped in the air, twist the guy's neck, snaps it by behind him and bending him over. It looks awesome. Have you seen how angry some bits of the internet are that she's wearing pants in this? (laughs) Because she's not got the green leotard thong thing. Can't see her ass. DLC unlock thing, won't it? Oh, you can't see her ass, but can you still see Zangief's ass, please? Well, of course. He's yes, good, sexiest creature they've ever committed to paper. He is the ultimate bear. (laughs) <laughs> He's my boy. He's a new, my boy. A new trailer is out for the Resident Evil 4 remake, which comes out oh. next month. Anyone interested? <laughs> that bit? Maybe. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. I haven't watched any trailers since the announcement, so I'm I like, haven't mm. either. I saw, I've seen screenshots where they've, they've kind of changed the story around, which I'm kind of interested in because I like it when they surprise me with these remakes. Like they did with two. They yeah. changed two around a lot, and it, it's exciting to someone that's rinsed the fuck out of the older versions. So, well, five yeah, and six are the it. least known to me as well, so I know barely anything about this. You don't need to play five and six anyway, mate. Don't worry no. about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Unless you, want, unless you want to do a racist genocide. Mm. Yeah, yeah, unless you do. Mm. Not my cup of tea. Oh, I can't Finally. wait. It's not long. It's not long. Finally, we got to look at Rocksteady Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Finally. And <laughs> the internet is going to get mad because it looks like it's live service hell and yep. you have to be online for a single player game. And yeah, internet has kicked off. This is the trailer I watched because I got a separate trailer after people were saying, You're not going to believe what this looks like. <laughs> I watched that trailer. <laughs> I've never been so disappointed with a fucking. What does game it look like, Oodles? It looks like Crackdown, fucking. It looks like um, Agents of Mayhem. It just looks shite. It's <laughs> like Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, it just looks crap. It's got a store and battle pass like Marvel's Avengers. Oh, God. And there's already on TikTok people simping over King Shark in a Superman costume. Like, oh, he's a real daddy. I'm like, he's a shark. He's a shark. Stop it. Stop I, I, I'm going to go the opposite way here. In that I didn't think the gameplay was that bad. It looked very reminiscent of 
when we got the trailer for Guardians, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy and you all ripped on that and then look how that turned out. It was the stuff that came after that that I have the issue with that makes me just kind of nope out the game because I can't be asked with life service shit. Fucking in the bin. I think... Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I think I think had it not been for the live service stuff, I would have given it a shot. Um, yeah. yeah, but I watched that trailer and I didn't see anyone's feet touch the ground in the whole trailer. That did weird me out slightly because, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Arkham, like, especially Arkham City and Arkham Knight, you you could get a lot of airtime, but you still had to like stand yeah. on the ground to fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, man. Oh no, <laughs> it's gonna be shit. Uh, well, to be fair though, like I, I. If they'd have done a Batman game with the Suicide Squad characters, everyone's going, "This is, this is a Batman game. Why are we not playing as Batman? Like, it doesn't make sense yeah. to do a Batman game in that style. Like, yep. why would no, you do? Why would you do a game in that style with Suicide Squad characters? I think it doesn't it's work. The, it's their, it's their story to tell, isn't it? It's their game to tell. So yeah, but when, I'd love to be proven wrong, and people say this is fucking incredible. I, th- I think the bit where I have the exception is that Rocksteady themselves came out and said that this game is like is an extension of the Arkham games. It's it's like a a spin-off sequel to them. So yeah, it's set, it's set a, a, a few weeks after the Arkham City, as some of the said, didn't they? Arkham Knight. Yeah, but the difference is it's based in Metropolis, not Gotham. But yeah. because the, and because they said that, I kind of expected something more grounded and less superhero-y, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be shit, but I, I, <laughs> I, didn't hate the, I didn't hate the gameplay. I just don't like all the other stuff around it. Like, I don't want to be messing on doing fire teams and loot looter sh- shooter and crates and all that shit. I think I, I think also I've got a low bar for it after Gotham Knights. Mm. I never even played that. I never even went near it. I see so. that. State of chat. Next. Uh, we had the Dice Awards this week. Uh, God of War Ragnarok secured seven awards, um, but Elden Ring took home the coveted Game of the Year prize. God of War beat out the competition in, here we go, outstanding achievement in animation, art director, character, original music composition, audio design, adventure game of the year, and achievement in story. Elden Ring, however, won outstanding achievement in story, uh, technical achievement, achievement in game design, game direction, and game of the year. I don't get that. Elden Ring won story. It's there if you go looking for it, but it's barely got one. Yeah. Mm, Did anyone weird. storm the stage though on this one? Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what. I don't, I, you have to refresh my memory. What is the dice awards? I thought dice were EA. No, no, no. It's a, it, it's a, it's a it's a gaming industry awards. Oh right, right, right. Okay. Dice was sponsorship. Sponsor it, do they? Or I think so. Yeah. To have their name there. I think it is, in, yeah. but it is in Sweden, so yeah, I think it is. It Otherwise, is Battlefield twenty forty two would have won all of the awards, <laughs> <laughs> and you would have been, you would have been there to accept it for them. <laughs> the, the, the 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 big one from that that I think more more over than kind of Elden Ring and Ragnarok was that Dwarf Fortress won Strategy Simulation Game of the Year, and that's just such a fucking nice story for those guys because they they there's two two guys made that game. They've been running it, good things from it. Yeah, they've been running it basically for free for about twenty years. Like yeah. you, you supported them by donations, and I think one of them got sick last year, and like his medical bills were ridiculous because you know America. Um, so they put the Fuck ga- yeah. So they put the game out on Steam for the first time, and they made they became millionaires overnight. Good. Like all those people who've been playing that game for twenty odd years for free Bought just it. went, yeah, we'll buy it. 
Oh, I've heard really good things from it. Like it's a genuinely mint game. It's it it's one of the apparently it's one of the most incredible spreadsheets ever made. Mm. Um, but it's also one of those games that you have to put so much time in to get the most out of. Yeah, like the yeah, simulation it's a life investment, is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like the simulation is super super deep, but you need to yeah. commit to it to get the to, to play it. Yeah. So, but um, I, I'm just really happy for them. Like they're getting all these accolades for something that they've they've had out for twenty odd years. And they just seem like such lovely lads. But just imagine, like, the dark times for those guys where they're like, it'll pop off eventually. Just one, we've just got to persevere with this. This is our passion. This is his dream. And then that happened. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, oh, it's beautiful. It'll be a film. Yeah. It'll well, it's, film. It's, it's, especially as well, given like games like, like RimWorld, like, took the Dwarf Fortress concept and made yep. a commercial product out of it when they never made a commercial product out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good for them. EA wants to know if Dead Space fans would be interested in a Dead Space 2 or 3 remake. Yes. I think that's a yes. One of those things, yes. Three they need to completely <laughs> reconceive from the ground up, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very quickly, yes. Ro- uh, Did they want Rovio- us to r- respond sorry. to that? Sorry, did they want us to respond to that? And like, Well, they were waiting for modern escapism uh, to say yes. It says is that, that what it is? They've contacted players, so I guess they must have some account I mean, information I'm a bit of a player sending that out to those so, uh, gamer. you're not a gamer though are you no he is no 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 <laughs> no he is no no I'm not but yes uh, very quickly like <laughs> Rovio Classics Angry Birds is being pulled from the game store this, from whichever this, this, one this, that you use this one I found it's funny killed me <laughs> well, this one I found funny because the reason that they gave for it was that Royal Classics Angry Birds, which is basically just a repackaged version of the original Angry Birds game from all those years ago. Better graphics. Uh, we slightly better graphics, yeah, but it's functionally the 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 yeah, the, old the levels game. are the same. That people are playing that too much and aren't playing their new live service hell version of Angry Birds, so they're getting yeah, rid of the old version of it. So players play the new one. Like unequivocally, I love Angry Birds, the original one. It's the only one I've ever played. I've played Bad Piggies. That's a separate type of game. That's really good. Uh, but Angry Birds, <clears throat> for, for God, since I had an iPhone 4, was probably one of the most played mobile games I've ever played. Because I think I'm the only person here that plays mobile games. I, I, um, I, I played it a lot back in the day. Like that, that I, yeah, Angry Birds it. is a pure amazing. Cut the rope, what are you going to say? Yeah, that and cut the rope are the two yes. games I used to play on my iPhone 3GS. <laughs> yes, so good. Yeah. Uh, but Angry Birds, I just got... I I completed Angry Birds. You know what I mean. Not many people have done that. <laughs> I didn't. I never got that far. <clears throat> I got as far as I space, and that was it. it. Angry Birds space. Oh, the Star Wars one. Remember that? I think it was the Star, Star Wars, Wars one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it, but I recently played the new one they brought out last year, and it's fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. You literally, I'm not even joking. Look at this. You have to literally. Purchase extra um, like elasticity on your thing. <laughs> you have really? To pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking bad. Jesus. Oh, it's terrible. And they brought a sexy bird. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> sexy. Now I'm so back in. Bad. It's so bad. Oh god! Now we're gutted because I thought, fuck, I ain't got it on this phone, and I can't download it now. I'm sad. Oh, I've got it on the iPad though. Forever. Love that game. Moving on, PlayStation VR 2 um, is currently uh, causing a few issues for some early adopters. There's a lengthy thread on Reddit doing complaints about the gadgets, not this gadget, uh, Right Sense. Oh, yeah, he has got a Reddit thread complaints about him anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guide to how to fix it, blah, blah, blah. 
What's wrong with it? Uh, the button, Too expensive? But, <laughs> the buttons on one of the sense controller keep desyncing so they don't respond. Oh, it's probably a, a stupid <laughs> software issue, but it's... It'll be, this, it'll be this simple update, won't it? Yeah. That's all it'll be. But they'll but be going, it, I'm furious, I've spent nine million quid for this and it doesn't work. <laughs> furious. Early adopter syndrome. It's always going to be fucked when you, when you get it straight away. Yeah, Wait. Never, never get tech day one. No, no. Wait. Idiots. Uh, confirmation right. around E3. Nintendo's confirmed it will not be attending. Rest in peace, E3. Dead as fuck. Yep. Gone. Yep. Gone. Gone. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll keep E3 going so we can watch the, uh, the, the Ubisoft cringe show. Yeah. <laughs> Can't miss that. Um, nah. I'm not watching that. And the PC gaming <laughs> show, which is just for some, somehow managed to be even more cringe. It's a shame. I, I will like actively one. watch the Devolver Digital thing, and that's it. That is it. That's all I'll do. <laughs> they always put on a good show. <clears throat> yeah, and it's taking candy not stuck in that. the Matrix. <laughs> I thought that. Yeah, it's like to be moved. Lifted the cat over, and then <laughs> like the next, the next like thing was like, you lifted it over again. It's like, oh, it's he's back. Why don't you shut the door? The big thing, well, here's the reason I don't, because if I shut the door, he's going to be ten times worse. It's, he's going to be, like, knocking Just it down. let him sit in your lap. He won't sit in my lap. He wants to cause as much... Just, he's here to cause... Has your cat... Like this, is, this is a, a... Obviously, as a professional and qualified veterinarian, has your cat got mm. testicles? No. Mm, that might see. be the issue. I don't want to see! <laughs> Just that might be the issue. Them. He's pissed off of what you've done to him. Yeah, I don't blame him. I'm sorry. <laughs> and sorry for his interruption. Moving on to the world of film and TV briefly. Uh, David Fincher pretty much confirmed My Hunter season three will never happen. Fuck you, Netflix. It's a very expensive show, and in the eyes of Netflix, we didn't attract enough of an audience to justify such an investment. Really? Fuck you, Netflix. When you saw the first episode. When you pump money into fucking shite that you pump money into and yeah. you can't actually finish off a quality, very good written TV show. How, how are they going to, how are they going to afford agree. a third season of Mindhunter when they need to do ten different seasons of Selling Sunset? Yeah, oh, Red <laughs> Notice 2 and 3. <laughs> or Hubie Halloween. <laughs> yeah, Stranger or, Things. Or, or, actually, there is a uh, what's um, Murder Mystery 2, isn't there? That's coming out. I think Netflix. he'd be Halloween too as well. I'm pretty sure I heard that. Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Falls. Next up, there's a nice picture of the uh, Back to the Future stars. This is a little reunion with Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson and Tom Wilson. But oh. One of the rare reunions almost 40 years after the first movie was released. Isn't it? Great I love all of them. If you haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah. I love all of them. They're incredible people. Future's so good. I watched that this weekend. Fuck! That first film's incredible. Oh. Next. Uh, we've got some news about Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit as uh, some plans for some more films based on Tolkien series is coming. Makes sense. I'm looking forward to this. Are you? Are you? Because, because the first one that's being shopped around is the musical Bombadil with James fucking Corden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? That was my weird web of the Weak news story, but breaking. Yeah. Hang on, what? Say that again. What's happening? Yeah, say it again, gadget. So, um, Bombadil, 
A musical set in <laughs> Middle Earth is in the works with Warner Brothers, with James mm-hmm. Corden in talks to star as Tom Bombadil. Somehow, so- every word you said in that sentence made it worse. Like it was <laughs> yeah, it bad, on yep. bad on bad on bad on <laughs> bad. Yep, yep, yep. So essentially, because Tom Bombadil is the personification of Tolkien in that universe, yeah. James Corden is going to be Tolkien, basically. <laughs> he hasn't earned that. He no. hasn't earned it. <laughs> and a musical, I get it, he's sung. He's sung in the books quite too much, actually. That's why they kicked him out of the films. <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is a crap. This has got to be a crap. Tragic, isn't it? Can't we send him to the Hague or something like that to, on trial for something like this? Is, this is not something that we have. Well, he's in the he's in he's in the hell pits from us, isn't he? We've put him in the hell pits twice. This must the, there must be something like a, a a petition we could sign. Because <laughs> like I remember originally, do, do you know um oh what's his name now uh, the guy that was in the the lockdown series with David Tennant the Welsh guy. Oh my gosh, yeah, he was supposed to be Bombadil in a little thing. And he'd have been brilliant. Yeah, he'd have been fantastic. Because he's great. <laughs> Do you he's, know what I mean? He's got the wild beard for it as well. Yeah. And now they've got rid of him and put James Carden in. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. Outside of that, there's lots of stories to be told. Just try not to go too CGI heavy. Just do it well. Like, Just do it well. Put, put orcs and orakai, whatever Ooh. the fuck, whatever monsters you've got. Do a bit of practical effect because it just looks so yeah. much better. I mean, t- well, I mean t- one t- of the things that ruined put masks the hobbit. On people. T- oh god, yeah. T- take a leaf out of the Rings of Power's playbook. That looked great. It was well done, well it- put together. Yep, fantastic show. No female-led leads, though, please. You know we don't like that. Oh god, no. no we don't. No, like not that. around here. No, no black elves either. Yeah, yeah, none of that. None <laughs> of that. How dare they? You know James Corden. No Christ, I can't believe this. This has upset me. <laughs> <laughs> what Lord of the Rings sings, like, ooh, great, with James Corden. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I can see it now. I'm it's about Tom it now. Bombadil. No! He's on his car with his wife, and he's doing carpool karaoke <laughs> with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, slapping arse with a whip. Bum-ba-dum, down the meadows, down the fields. <laughs> Fuck off! Fuck off! I hate this. <laughs> we, we officially live in the worst timeline. We have. What have we done to deserve this? What have we done? Oh, God. Pray for another lockdown now. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't happen. Or he dies. Whoa, what? No, I don't wish that on anyone. Anyone. You said you it. Said you, to, you said to get a hitman on him. I will, no, I will back it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just being <laughs> we can call it retired on here, and that way we can get you away with it. Sorry. Somehow yeah, retire him it. sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> retire him. Time to retire him. Oh, God. Imagine if, like, Agent 47 really existed and you could just pay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, get it done. There, w- there will be. I know you can. I know you No, no, no I, mean, like, I mean, like, on Hitman, you've got, they've got an app for it. Do you know what I mean? And it's all done on an app. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but he's not interested in... It's in not like you can go on fucking cameo and get a higher Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> it's only interesting if they're bald with a barcode as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wait, so we can get his, t- his Tesco club card points. Yeah. Scan the back of them. Always. Always. <laughs> or a re- reduced to clear sticker. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you see what's happened? We, we, mentioned, we mentioned James Corden and all the fucking wheels fall off. 
he is literally the he is the fallen angel. He is fucking the devil. He's Lucifer incarnate. He is the worst human on the planet. He's terrible. Oh God. Next. Uh, moving on, just very quickly, I wanted to mention what Candy reported last week. Uh, sad news of uh, True Goy the Dove, um, Plug 2, also known by his real name as Dave, passed away from De La Soul. Um, just want to quickly mm. mention the guy was superb. Love their music. I had their album on vinyl. Their discography is awesome. Um, yeah, check out De La Soul. They're awesome. We it had just them on literally, last night. we were talking yeah, about it just last got night released. At on Spotify oh. as well. They had some issues about sampling that they had to sort out, and they, I think they got it done just before we passed away. So I think it was one of their dreams to get their music out there, people to you know hear if they'd never heard it, of them before. They were before. a great act because they like crossed boundaries, didn't they? You didn't have to be to They're still going as well. Like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, but they crossed like... They released an album a couple you, of years ago, I think it was. Oh, so, so good. It's such a shame. But you weren't here last speaking, week. Yeah, speaking of which, sadly, we did lose John Motson this week from the world of football. Commentating. Oh, Devastated. What a legend. Absolutely devastated. Yeah. If you like grew up watching football anywhere from the seventies through to the two thousands, like that's the voice of football. FA <sighs> Cups, World Cups, Euros, like FIFA games. FIFA, yeah, for a time. Just mm. there's just moment I was watching clips back, like the the, the moment where Beckham scored that like, last minute <clears throat> oh. equalizer yep. against Greece, Gerard's goal in the FA Cup final, like they did a tribute video on Football Focus. I just legend was in the hotel this weekend, just sat and like watched that before we went out. Cause like, no, I just want to watch this before we go out. Yeah, he's great. Like, absolutely top class bloke, amazing voice. Just yeah, one just of the like good ones. Peter of football, he was. Yeah, the actual voice of football, weren't he? That's what he was. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, We'll finish on Charlie Simpson has been crowned as the winner of this yeah. year's Masked I thought you Singer say, UK. He's died then because no. I know he likes him. Uh, Stig likes him. And That's Charlie why I put Simpson's it in the news. Died. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I think he's great. Like I, I think too many people I don't, don't know. look past the I fact really that it was just him busted. But Fight Star, I really think Fight Star great. <laughs> think his solo, yeah. I think his solo stuff is really good. And he's Fight become, Star's the metal band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's the metal band he left busted to go I know to. them. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. And then he did his solo oh. stuff, which I've reviewed on the show. I think he's just got a lot better at that and a lot more mature as he's gone on. And yeah, he was on The Masked Singer, which I don't watch, but I was seeing TikToks oh, me and my kids do. coming up and I was like, <laughs> I was, I heard it and I went, yeah, it's Charlie Simpson. And I, I just don't know how, some of the guesses, I watched some of the guesses from some of the judges and I'm like, you must be taking the piss. Some of the, like, I think they probably know already. Yeah, before like, it, I think it's all an act. Such a fucking. We watch the American program. one. We, we don't watch the we don't watch the English one. The American one's mental because it's like, oh my god, it's John Smith, the country and western superstar. And I'm like, oh the fuck is that? <laughs> it's supposed to be a celebrity. Didn't the American one have Dick Van Dyke on it? Oh my god! Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I just yeah, I just love the English one where they just uh, one of them guessed Eminem. Why would M and M do this? I said that to Kate. I was like, "Why, why would he go one? over to London? Why would <laughs> yeah, a weeks. guy who can sell out arenas and and stadiums around the world? It was probably worth about a billion dollars. <laughs> do the math. And dresses a rhino. Dressing up like, like a thing of to- toothpaste or something. Charlie Simpson yeah, is box. a much better singer than Eminem. As good as Eminem is at rapping, he's not a good singer. Like you've yeah. heard him sing on his albums. He's yeah. auto tuned to fuck. He's yeah. A- <laughs> Rapid 
amazing. He's not like he's, and I'm like Eminem. What are they mental? Anyway, I just put it in there because now people realise how good he is. Yeah. So it's and nice I, I, that someone that you I, you you adore is going to be even like he'll get that re- a little recognition that you know some of the other yeah. big pop acts get. I think now so. And it's I'm a good feeling, man. I'm also happy that he beat Ricky Wilson because I don't like Ricky Wilson. He's a chief guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a prick him. Dressed <laughs> as a phoenix. I can say that in person. I've met him in person. I can say that on this podcast. You were a right knob. I have no, I'm <laughs> not a heard. Cocky knob. Because Doncaster, in it. Leads Doncaster. Something like that. On. Yeah. He's just a prick. He's like, do you know what? He did that, you know, I am thing. Yeah. Ah, prick. I'm prick. He can't off. sing live. Can he not? Can he not sing then? No, he's terrible. Live. It's like, if you what is he? Kaiser Chiefs. I know he's a singer, but he's more of like a shout, don't they? Like a yeah. shouty indie band, not a singy band. Mm, fuck him. <laughs> well done, Charlie. Well, my is, it, Charlie. is that it? Is that it? Excellent, 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 excellent. Now it's time. I think he's new. Sponsored by Prime. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> um. Yeah. Next is time, and I want to know what Stig's been doing. Uh, can I do two things this week? I know we've actually done. Quite you can a long... because I need to refill this. I can still hear you though. We've done a, we've done a long news section there, but I will be brief yeah. on on both these. I want I'm going to, to mention... refill my pot, but I'm still listening. So the first thing what what I had to do is I wanted to mention this. I thought it was worth mentioning on the main show, not in our Nexus Plus. Was I played the demo of the Edge of Allegoria? Don't know if you. Managed to play it or not, gadget? No, I, I, I didn't have a chance. I have got it downloaded on my Steam Deck, but yeah, I do. Need yeah, to give it so a this is a uh, like a top-down style RPG in like Pokemon and old Zelda styles, um, and it's uh, done. The color scheme is done in like the old, like an old Game Boy style color scheme. Oh, that's cool! I'm looking at it now. Yeah, and this is by uh, it's it's a one-man band who's made this. He he's um, goes by Average Joe on uh, on Twitter, and I apologise, I'm ruining this. I had all the information in front of me. Uh, Button Factory Games is his uh, company that he set up to make this game, and he's been working on this game for the last several years, and he's finally this week managed to release a demo of it. I've had it on my wish list for ages, and he was on Punk's podcast recently to talk about it, so you could go check him out on that. He's really great on that show, and they talked about the game. But yeah, it, it's... You know me, I'm not massively into all these kind of games. Like, it's something that's a bit different. Yeah. It's, has to, it draws me in if it's a bit different. And what draws me in is the fact that it's like the writing and the language is used in it. It's not a kid's game at all. And it even says that in the, in the title. It's like, this is not, this ain't no fucking kid's game. Because some of the writing in this is just incredible and insane and very adult but very immature and i really really enjoy it for that um so you basically in the demo you just kind of you do that typical thing when you're wandering around in forests and you get um surprise attacks what they call them i forget what they're called because i'm random battles random battles that's the one because i don't play these games enough so you have to bear with me but i really really enjoyed the few hours that i played on, on this demo and i just really enjoyed the the, the writing and the kind of stuff that comes out of people's mouths when you're talking to them. Um, I've taken a few screenshots. I was playing this. I was playing it on the Steam Deck. So it works wonderful on the Steam Deck if you've got that. And you just you walk. You go to this house and there's a guy outside and he's like, 
I took on the job here. I was going to be a hunter, but then I realized that I couldn't actually bring myself to kill any animals. But now my wife like thinks I'm a fanny and she's going to leave me. And like, could you help me out and bring me some, you know, animal parts if you, as you're killing beasts and stuff. And you go inside and you speak to the wife. She's just like, Oh, I need a real man. You look like a real man. Maybe you can take me instead of my husband. And one of the side missions is after you kill one of the goblin King, she comes back and she says, what did she say? Um, uh, I'm going to find that what she says back to you. Um, just thinking about someone having the strength to do something like that makes me wet. If you get, Ooh. if you go off and find me a nymph tit, then maybe we can do something together later. Like it's Ooh. that kind of, it's really just kind of <laughs> juvenile, but fun. Yeah. Um, and all the kind of creatures have like fun descriptions about them and fun names and things. And you, I had to take a mushroom to finish off the Goblin King because he's about to kill me. And it says, take this mushroom, you will experience side effects after. And then randomly in the middle of the forest, it went, shit, that mushroom's kicking in. It says, you are now tripping balls. And your whole screen just goes fucking crazy. <laughs> and you just can't see where you're going or what you're doing. And it's, it's brilliant. And uh, like. on the fight screen, Gadget, you'll like this one, and Noodles, where it says fight and it says something there, it just says, disrespect your surroundings. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's got little little notes like that. And like, if you go to flee, it just goes, "Oh, fleeing like a cowardly cunt you are." Stuff like, just, like just, it's things like that. Like, it's not that's not exactly the, the the wording, but it's it's kind of on that level. There is the use of every swear word in there and stuff. So it's really good. It's on Steam. Um, the demos on there. Really check it out. Check out his Twitter and um. And wait for the game to come out. It's called The Edge of Allegoria. I don't know if my save is going to carry over. I hope it does because it's just I just don't like going having to go back and replay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is the wrong game for you then. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing that there is grinding in this because I couldn't beat two of the bad guys that are in the demo. But I didn't really mind it. Oh, so. That's what I mean. I just I like the look of it. I like the old school kind of look that he's got going on. I like the writing. It's got me invested on in, it, you know, to go and find the beasties and and do these like little side challenges. So it's just something different. Like I, like I said, I don't play those games often. So if it's something that actually has piqued my interest, and also you played like Pokemon's before, though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I like Pokemon. Yeah, and, um, when you had time, when you weren't an adult, Zelda. <laughs> I played the. Link's Awakening remaster, which I really enjoyed, which is the same kind of yeah you know, style two, of game. Like two two point five D barely, kind yeah, of like the kind of sprite stuff. Yeah, and I've kind of got got to grasp with the with the um, battle system and the and the how you They're usually always rock paper stuff. scissors style, aren't they? Well, this one is like you you find weapons and then you have to use them to master them, and then when you've mastered them, you can use them within within a fight. So you can't use that unless you equip that weapon. You can't use it to fight with. But if you master it, then you can use it. So I've got like four or five of the weapons mastered now. I was trying to master. You would have... like Dragon Quest Five then, because that's yeah. lifted directly from that. Yeah, I'm mean, sure he's probably taken inspiration and lifted a lot. Absolutely, of stuff. it's called the Legend of Allegoria. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but I like the opening. The opening is just like a long time ago, a lot of mad shit happened, and it goes this little <laughs> intro. And then it's like people were impressed. And then over time, they were less impressed. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. it's really, like, really like, well like, written. I seen trailer of it the other day. 
I think it looks good. It'll probably play on your laptop. Well, it will do. Mate, it would, yeah. I can, so, I can play... I could get uh, quite a few games running on that, to be fair. I'm just a lazy best. Yeah, two to three hours, <laughs> a, decent, a decent little demo. Um, <clears throat> I think I played a bit longer because I was just was wandering around and trying to do things. So, yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout-out on our main show rather than sticking it away in the Patreon. Um, and also, you got it. I, considering I was looking forward to this film a lot, I don't have a lot to say on it other than slightly disappointed. And that's, I watched The Whale this week. Mm. Oh, yeah, so, you were talking about that for a lot, weren't you? Yeah, so if you know this is a Darren Aronofsky film starring Brendan Fraser. Um, and it tells the story of Charlie, who has um, developed over time a massive eating disorder and he's become a very overweight man, unable to move out of the confines of his apartment. Um, like he's seriously seriously overweight and it's affecting his health and his issues and he's basically dying and his daughter comes back into his life after many years out of it she's played by Sadie Sink she's really great in this and that's kind of the story it's with it's all set within his apartment it feels very stagey but it was taken from a stage show so you kind of expect that but I mm. just didn't think that it it struggled to move away from that. Some of the framing and some of the ways things are shot feels very stagey. Now, if you remember when you watched The Father, that's also yeah. taken, I think, from a stage show and, and yes. done like that. But it didn't feel like that. No, I it was expansive, ever, weren't it? Yeah, I didn't ever feel like I was watching <clears throat> someone on stage, whereas this at times does feel God, like that. The Father's so good. Yeah, it is. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. That was a such really a good, good film. <laughs> such a good film. But Brendan Fraser is excellent in this and i will say that the way he acts the way he moves everything everything about him drew me in and he was believable with a man struggling with these issues mm-hmm. um but i think aronofsky's use overuse of moby dick and the bible and giving him a bit of a jesus complex and uh making him a bit of a i mean he's a victim but making him yeah. Like, I don't want to go into spoilers too much, but I just, I, th- I found the way that they framed the character quite manipulative and it just didn't mm-hmm. really work for me. Um, it's like, I've not followed Brendan Fraser's, um, Fraser's career like everyone else has that much. I've seen The Mummy and stuff like that. And everyone says everything he's in, he's, he's good in it and he's one of the best things in whatever he's in. Yeah. But I mean, he's really, really good in this. And I've it seen- doesn't matter if you're best actor in the world, if it's not a good screenplay yeah. or a good sh- a good film you can't save it yeah it's like he's excellent City Sink's excellent there's surrounding yeah. all the all the castings do really really well they're really good they all, but something about it just didn't click with me I know some of my friends have mm. rated it really highly but I know some mm. other critics that I've been listening to as well didn't rate it as high yeah. and mm. it seems to be a bit of a mixed bag and I'm I've somewhere in the middle yeah, I'm, I'm like people. bang in the middle where the performances has kind of elevated it for me but yeah, imagine if that, it weren't them and it was somebody lesser, it wouldn't well, have been a hit, would it? speaking of that, originally, mm. James Corden was meant to play. Fuck <laughs> off! Stop it! It was going to be directed by Tom Ford and James Corden was set to star as Charlie. Now, that would have been terrible. But... Oh, God. God, imagine. They'd have turned it into a comedy. We're singing. Yeah. We're singing, yeah. I'm big and obese and guess what? Like, it'd be all like that. It'd be, yeah. It'd, be, it'd have been mocking someone's, like, affliction rather than commentary on it. Yeah. Oh, God. 
it didn't it keeps getting mentioned. It didn't hit me as hard and tug on my heartstrings as much as I was expecting it to based on everything I'd seen in the trailer. Isn't it Oscar bait as well? It. Someone said it's gonna it's like it's Oh like, yeah, I mean it? he's been nominated for an Oscar for it, which is perfectly fine. He deserves done it perfectly. He like, is he, a really puts on yeah. a really great performance in this. Um yeah. but yeah, just some of the Jesus complex things and the very last shot Foul of the taste film in your mouth is mate. Just a bit laughable. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my week. Your week has been better than mine because I've done fuck all, really. Um, yeah. I, what did I write down here? I, I've been playing a little game. I've not really want to talk about it ma- massively yet. Um, it's been out a year or so, I think. Monster Sanctuary by Team 17. It's a. I've heard this one. It's a 2D. Uh, Metroidvania, but instead of battling, it's Pokemon battles. So you collect monsters that you kill, uh, you train them up like you do in Pokemon, but it's a Metroidvania and you're walking around. It's it's really good. It's really good, but I'm nowhere near even halfway through it to really discuss it. Um, But I have been binging, and I've talked about this before, way back before... Candy weren't even born then. She weren't even on this podcast. I talked about this. Um, remember when I mentioned that um, Long Way Up, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman, the, the motorbikes? Yeah. Um, I started watching all them again because they're all on Apple TV. They're very good. And I've, I only saw Long Way Up last time, if you recall. It's the only one I watched, the new one, where they went up on electric bikes mm, from Patagonia all the way up to California. But I watched The Long Way Around and The Long Way Down. Wow, they're good. Little documentary adventure shows, aren't they? Them, yeah, really good. They are really good, and they are. They they seem. I don't. I, I don't know what they're like when they're not on camera. But these two gentlemen seem like really lovely individuals, and it's just. It's one of those shows where you're just like, I'm, I'm going to put next episode on. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Who cares? You know what I mean? Work tomorrow. Fuck that. And I've just been. <laughs> I've, I've been. Being, and they're really good. And I'm not like a. A motorbike guy, but I've been really interested in them talking about all the motorbikes and all the mechanics that they've had to do, and do you know what I mean, like breaking down. Like they went into Siberia on motorbikes for fuck's sake. There's no, there's no tarmac. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just really, really good shit. And I think like Apple TV have like upres the original um, series because that were well, probably because like, the original series was like early two thousands. Yeah. Because they've done something to it. They've put like a... It says on it, it mentions that it's been like um, remastered. That's the word I wanted to use. Remastered. And it looks good. Even though those two gents look really young. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I, I really I really like them. And I'm going to... Even though I've seen Long Way Up, I'm going to rewatch that when I get around to that one as well. It's fucking... It's just, you know, really wholesome shit. Yeah. <laughs> that you just yeah. watch and you're like, fuck, this is good. It does make you yeah. want to ride a bike as well, doesn't it? Just, yeah. like, just go off with your mates with a tent. Yeah, yeah, but not maybe not like Siberia. No. <laughs> no. no. Maybe Route 66 with four or five star hotels. <laughs> yeah, <push>. tarmac only. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really, I recommend them. If people have never checked them out, I know, like I said, they're old now. Um, but I, I think there's some in it. They're not. They're not like... Time stamp to their era, do you know what I mean? It's really out of time. They're just good to watch. So if you've never watched, they're all on Apple TV now. So yeah, check that out. And that's been my uh, waste of a week. Uh, <laughs> s- 
Biggie, you must have two weeks worth of stuff to chat to us about. Two weeks. The Division 2? <laughs> no. Um, so, All Quiet on the Western Front is a novel oh, by is. Eric Maria Remark. I hope I got that. Mm-hmm. Or Remark here. Or Remark you. Nailed it. A German uh, veteran of World War One. The book describes mm-hmm. German soldiers' extreme physical and mental trauma during the war, as well as the detachment the from civilian Say life that again. during the Say war. During the war again. Say during again. the war? <laughs> As well as the detachment from civilian life um, felt by many upon returning home from war. So the book has been adapted many times, um, but recently, as you may already know, All Quiet on the Western Front has now been a movie, um, 2022, a German epic anti-war film based on the novel. It's directed by Edward Berger. It's, oh, here we go. It stars Felix Kammerer, Albrecht Schutsch, Daniel Brühl, Sebastian Hook. Aaron Hilmer, Edin Hasanovic, and David Streisel. If I got those Nailed right. It. Nailed Absolutely every not. single Mate, one. I thought fucking... I could have called you Gustav or something there. No, fucking... <laughs> Jesus Christ, you were pure German then, mate. You were pure. I thought... Go Nazis. Um, oh, no, I didn't mean that! Why did you have to ruin it? Why did you have to Can we still not do that? Okay. No, um, no. you even lifted your arm up. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> it's available on uh, Netflix, um, but oh. yeah, this movie, wow. So it's uh, set no during... There's in that war anyway, really, so just irrelevant. It, it's set during World War One. It follows the life of an idealistic young German soldier named Paul Baumer. Uh, after enlisting in the German army with his friends, Baumer finds himself exposed to the realities of war, shattering his early hopes of becoming a hero as he does his best to survive. The film adds a parallel storyline not found in the book, which follows the armistice uh, negotiations to end the war. Um, it's fantastic. It premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in September. And Didn't the gold already, as well, saying it's incredible. It's received 40 nominations at the British yeah. Academy Film Awards. It's won seven, including Best Film. Nine at the Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best International Feature. It's is stunning. It's an incredible movie. Um, uh, where was I? I've lost my way. There we go. The mustard gas is kicking in. Yeah, so basically um, the film starts, because um, you have to talk about this really, the fantastic opening begins with like a tranquil view of a forest uh, where the rainfall is coming down, the camera pans up to the top of the trees. There's a lovely family of foxes huddled together for warmth. Um, and then as the camera pans out of the forest, it then starts to pan across to the battlefield, and then all shit kicks off. Um, Is it, it follows warfare in this one? Yes. It follows a, a soldier named... Fascinating. I believe it's, it's named Heinrich, and it follows his journey as he goes over the top of the trenches as they attempt to make ground towards the enemy. Sadly, he is eventually shot and killed. Then the viewer is taken mm. on a different journey as the soldier's uniform, particularly his jacket, is then removed amongst the many other fallen soldiers we see what happens to the jacket is it's taken to be washed away, bullet holes stitched up, and then it's sent back out again to be issued to the protagonist of the movie, Paul. Don't spoil the whole they film. Did, they did that. Um, that is literally <laughs> the opening. They did that oh, in right. Battlefield 1. Did you ever yeah. play the, the opening section to Battlefield 1, the single player? Yeah, when no. you die, you get the, just, you get you, the epitaph, Yeah, you, you? you're just playing, and then you, you just die. You become you, somebody else. Out of nowhere. And, and yeah. then, yeah, and it just comes like a white screen and... Soldier's name mm. and that, and then you, and then it just yep. moves on to the next soldier. And it, I thought it was so effective. I know, sorry, yep. getting distracted from the film, but like the way it just 
the game forces you, right, that soldier's gone, on to the next one, that soldier's gone, on yeah. to the next one. And that, that's how it, that war just, that's what that war did. Just I think, I think, like, through people. It's, it's, it's a good topic for films and stuff to go over because it's still a fascinating, and I hate to use this, it's a fascinating war to look back yeah. at because they were fighting for inches, you know what I mean? Inches, yeah, yeah. and it was just devastating. It's, it's also, we don't it's, get, we don't get enough, um, Films about World War One, we get loads about World War Two. It's always II. two in it. Yeah, because yeah. sequel. Everyone loved the sequel yeah. more. Well, because because World War Two, you, you can get your your lovely jingoistic propaganda points out of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, of course you, you, can. you can twist it around. But the, the, because World War One was so World War One were messy, weren't it? It was messy <laughs> and it were awful for everybody concerned. Yeah. You don't really get many films out of it. Yeah, no, World like, War Two had a definite bad guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. that's it. In that's easy it. terms, <laughs> in easiest terms to put it is that that war definitely had. A baddie that, yeah, we had to focus on with other people. World War Two, uh, World War One well, was, was just politics, weren't it? Was, everyone yeah. was fucking. Fuck is everyone here? fucked up, and, and yeah. that is covered in this movie because don't get me wrong, it doesn't do anything new in that respect because it still shows the horrors of war, particularly with um, the rookie kids that you meet at the beginning of the movies. You follow oh, their journey so young, throughout the war, um, but yeah, you've also got that political side where you've got the mm. generals sitting in their you know fancy pants. Um, sort of yeah. hotel overlooking the war, just basically ordering their soldiers We've made an to go inch and today, die. sir. That yeah. kind of shit, innit? Oh. Absolutely. Interesting, though. Like it's all, like I said, because it's from the German point of view. These it films is. tend to be from the, an allied or you know that yeah. our, our side. So it's yeah. interesting to get these films from that. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing it. I refuse to watch it in English. I'm going to watch it in German. I did the same. Course. I did the same. And so I'm just. I need to find. The time where I can sit down and watch it, like and concentrate because on it. The acting again. I don't know these actors. Um, oh, Daniel Brühl's in it. He's brilliant in everything. He's if in. if any of these guys are new, then they're fantastic in their role because they they nail the camaraderie between themselves and those that they meet within their ranks, and you are enthralled by their journey. And some of them don't make it, mm. and it's no. just yeah, it's really heartbreaking, and it just. Again, no different to Saving Private Ryan or anything else like that. It shows the brutal side of war. There's a lot of mm-hmm. gruesome, brutal death, um, and it is really sad for what it happened. And the armistice side is really important as well because at one point in the movie, depending on the French and the German agreeing this sort of armistice to the end, hopefully bring an end to this particular part of the war because it also shows what happens yeah. right near the end of that war. Um, yeah. The time scale of them making a decision, how it affects the soldiers on the battlefield, and it was be all and end all, weren't it? It's heart wrenching. Yeah, it's heart wrenching, mm. and it's just a very moving movie. Um, and yeah, it incredible. is important and not it, to forget that one because, like, like we've said, World War II is the one into it. All of the awards it's up for, without a doubt. And as you say, it shows the viewpoint of the German side, and it wouldn't really matter which country you put there because everybody suffered. Mm. Nobody wanted to be there, did they? No. Nobody. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, anything else to add on your two weeks off? I'll cover a couple of things in the uh, ne- uh, Perfect. Nexus Plus. Sell that patron stuff. Uh, Candy, what have you been doing, mate? I've got a bit of a happier one. So we'll, t- we'll take it back up a little a little notch. And I watched a film called We Have a Ghost on Netflix. Um, oh, is that hard-hitting uh, historical <laughs> that's, that's drama? That's the one, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> No, this is a yeah, a family-friendly supernatural comedy written and directed by Christopher Landon and starring David Harbour again as Ernest the Ghost. Oh, he's good. 
Oh yeah, Daddy Harbour. So yeah, now we know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's this big Harbour trip, isn't she? Lately, she's going to come back next week. Going, I've watched the newer, the newest Hellboy. I don't know what people are moaning about. Do you know what? I did watch the newest Hellboy, and I don't want, know what people are moaning about. I it's liked shit. it. <laughs> it's shit. That's what they were moaning about. It's not good. <laughs> she didn't pay attention to the plot. She was just watching David no. Harp. Just oh, it's the kind of <laughs> the tale. Oh, my God, yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, Bring back to- Ron Pillman. <laughs> well, yeah, he's all right as well, though, to be fair. Um, Jesus, you've got a type. Big chins. Yeah. <laughs> Strong yeah. jaws. Um, so going back to We Have a Ghost. Uh, so taken directly from Wikipedia, the plot says, after discovering that the new home is haunted by a ghost named Ernest, Kevin's father creates a YouTube channel and makes a ghost and his family internet famous. However, when Kevin and Ernest start to uncover the truth about Ernest's past, they become the target of the CIA. Um, Uh-oh. This has kind of bang average reviews online, but I actually quite enjoyed it. And it's not just because of David Harbour either. Um, or that you've got really bad taste in films. I think that, I mean, I, I think all evidence suggests that that might be the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's kind of reminiscent of the kind of 80s adventure films. You know, it's um, it's it's Ghostbusters for original Ghostbusters for a slightly younger audience. In fact, it's kind of for the same audience that the, the latest Ghostbusters was. So it's kind of... Which is good. Early teenagers, late late kids. Um, it's what we like to call the Stranger Things generation. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Even maybe a little bit younger. Um, yeah. So at the beginning of the film, Ernest lives in the attic of, of the house that the family move into and takes a particular shine to the youngest member of the family. So for a minute, I thought it was Uh-oh. maybe... No, Uh-oh. not that kind of a shine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, what I'm saying is... We have is a nonce ghost. <laughs> not a <Nazi> ghost. Christ. <laughs> just hear the jingle jangling in the background, and there he is. Could you make that? You could make that the title if you turned the, the O into an asterisk. <laughs> so we don't get took off. No. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> think about that in the cutting room, mate. <laughs> Turn it to Jimmy Somerville. Oh. <laughs> Was he the lead singer of one of the... Uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the Scottish guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, God, yeah. now what I was going to say sake. is it, it, I thought it was, gonna, it was leaning a little bit too heavily on Beetlejuice, um, going back to the 80s thing, but actually... On what? Beetlejuice. On what? Beetlejuice. Oh, no, I just said it, it three it, times. Just... And here he shall be. Run. <laughs> I'm glad you played into that. I'm glad. <laughs> Um, actually, it took me till the third go to realise what was happening. Oh, no, then... really? <laughs> Wait a minute. And where can we amateurs? <laughs> no, I got it. I got there eventually. Okay. But yeah, no, it, it swerved away from that quite quick, quickly, I think. Um, but so like the film I reviewed last week, it's a lot of David Harbour just having a lot of fun again. <laughs> um, his character can't speak, so he relies on just gestures and <laughs> facial expressions. Having a good jaw. Having a good jaw and a, and a broad chest. Um, and he does it quite good, does it quite well. It is a comedy, um, but it's actually quite a touching story as well. Like Ernest has no recollection of his life, so the family set out to um, give him his memories back. Um, like I said, it does have an '80s flavour to it, but it's set in the modern modern world. So when the video of the ghost goes viral, he basically becomes like a TikTok star and ends up with these like m- hundreds of fans that are constantly living outside the house and everything. It makes it impossible. There's also like the obligatory Jesus is coming dude as well, just hanging out there. Um, mm. 
But it's it's pretty fun. Like Christopher Landon is famous for his um, horror comedy movies, so he did Happy Death Day, um, Freaky, Freaky. Um, yeah. yeah, and Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. He also wrote a handful of the Paranormal Activity films as well. But this is this is way more toned down. There's way less gore and, and babies scares. getting ragged out of beds. Yeah, not that kind of thing. So like a lot less of that. <laughs> yeah, so it is definitely it's if you've got older kids or younger teens, it's fine to watch them. It's it's a good family. Sticks writing time. it down for his little uh, um thing. I'll add it to Amelia's. Yeah. Yeah, she'll yeah. probably enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing that would be really scary. There's maybe one scene that's a little bit gross, but it's it's fine. It's, it's no worse than my, my, uh... my lad's list now. He's onto Porky's already. Blazing <laughs> <laughs> nice. Saddles next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Porky's is worse than Blazing Saddles, surely. Mm, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched both. <laughs> What's the fun is in? Um, but yeah, yeah no, just... that's it. <laughs> So yeah, d- despite the kind of bang average reviews, I I liked it. Thought thought it was fun. And do you know what, mate? You're allowed to like it. Thanks. Add that to our recommendation list. Mm-mm-mm. Finally, gadget. What have you been playing this week? I've had a fucking mare of a week. Everything's oh, no. been shit this week. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. For, 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 in the main feature. Yeah. For for, for... <laughs> forgot about that. For a start, we've, we've already reviewed it, but um, I just need to say, uh, me and Pip went to see Avatar 2 last night. What a load of fucking bollocks. Absolutely. <laughs> the blue Smurfs, the space Smurfs, fucking it's shite, innit? It's three hours of... it? Oh, I told you. And we only have ourselves to blame for giving it money, don't we? I told you. So <laughs> you've, I, I, you've I was, added I was, to that billions know, that is, is, is made. I was prepared not to see, but Pip really loved the first one. The first one kind of blew her away at the time when it came out with the graphics and all that, and she was really excited to see it. She wanted it all to be pretty. So we went and see it. The only mm. show we get was a 3D one, and 3D is shite, oh, uh, which no. meant all the colour was washed out. So I got a fucking oh, headache. No. <laughs> and I'm going to rant that that's going to my kill with fire this week, so for, for Patreon people. But 3D just, cinema should die. Yeah. I agree. But, yeah, oh, God, what a load of fucking shite. My ass fell asleep <laughs> for no good reason. <laughs> um, I had three poos in that film. <laughs> But, Put that on the box. I did. <laughs> the thing I want to talk about, which I also really didn't like, um, is uh, I played uh, a good chunk of Atomic Heart. You were oh, dead dear. excited for this, weren't you? It's I happened was, again. I was dead People, excited for this. I'm, I'm just, let me just say this to game devs. Stop making our gadget sad because he gets <laughs> excited for your games and you just piss on him. It's not fair. Was so, this your pick for your um, fantasy critic thing? Mm. Oh shit! I don't. Oh uh, fucking. It was because I texted you and said you get. I wanted Atomic Heart. Uh oh. Ooh. I'm actually going to have to find that. I, I I can't carry on until I work this out. No, you're still at top of the list. I'm still at the top of the list. Did I have mm-hmm. Atomic? I don't think I had Atomic Heart. You did because I texted you. Oh yeah, I did. Maybe shit, it, at seventy-four. Yeah. <laughs> so I did get four points out of it. Anyway, um, yeah. So Atomic Heart is a first-person shooter game. From a, 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 they call Russian. it they call themselves international, but they're so fucking Russian. From a developer called Mundfish, <laughs> uh, they are Russian. <laughs> they are Russian, but for tax purposes, they're incorporated in Cyprus. I think that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia calls it a FPS video game with role playing, customization, and stealth elements. Um, it wants to. What be, do you call it? Wants it wants to be Bioshock. <laughs> It looks like Bioshock. It looked great. It looked great. Yeah. 
So I'm going to give you the setting, and then I'm going to get you in all the reasons why it's not Bioshock. Um, so this is this is the, the the two paragraph setting thing on Wikipedia. Atomic Heart takes place in the grounds of Facility 3826, the Soviet Union's foremost scientific research hub in alternate history 1955. In 1936, scientist Dmitry Sechenov developed a liquidized programmable module called the Polymer, sparking a massive technological breakthroughs in the fields of energy and robotics in the USSR and freeing much of the populace from manual labor. When World War II broke out, the Soviets quickly gained the upper hand, but just before Nazi Germany was defeated in 1942, they unleashed the Brown Plague virus, leaving millions dead and created an international demand for Soviet robots to compensate for the resulting worker shortage. I got out of the toilet this morning. As part of the... <laughs> <laughs> the Brown Plague. <laughs> As part of the Soviet Union's post-war reconstruction program, Dr. Sechenov created a wireless, art- a wireless networked artificial intelligence called Collective 1.0 that links his robots together for a greater efficiency. And most recently, Sechenov developed the Thought Neuroconnector, a device that integrates polymer into the human body and allows humans to remotely interface with robots. That's not going to work. That's not going to go awry at all, is it? <laughs> no. 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 So, um, yeah, this game desperately, absolutely wants to be Bioshock. You start off in this kind of, in this place where there's this parade going on and it, it looks like it looks like Columbia because you're in this kind of elevated, like lifted off the ground city. I thought it was called Rapture. No, no, it's trying to do Bioshock Infinite. I have not played that yet. Well, it, it's a city in the sky kind of thing going on. Um, <laughs> it's on the fucking box, you dickhead. Um, I've got it. Ma- I've got it. I've got, I've got it digital. It was marketed about being in the sky and not underwater. I'm yeah. joking. I know it's in the sky. Anyway, so you you, you 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 go in for this, and you have you have your usual preamble setting up the world. Here's a little bit of polymer. Here's what you can do with it. Here's this glove that talks it to is, you. Is this some 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 strong male chorus? Music in the background. No, <laughs> Soviet. Actually, yeah, oh, the, yeah. There is a the, the, there is a lot of it. There is a lot, a lot of my God. The Soviet Union is amazing. Look at the things that we can do that the rest of the world can't do, and shit like that. Great architecture, though. You can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, oh well, this is <laughs> this is weird architecture in this anyway. Um, and then shit kind of goes off the rails when you get into a flying car, um, and then. Robots start attacking you, and you fall into the facility, and then you have to start the game proper. Ah. So, yeah, the reasons why this is not Bioshock. One, it doesn't get that Bioshock is a critique on libertarianism. It doesn't mm-hmm. get that mm-hmm. it's a politically failed message. This is, we are the Soviets, this is so good. Ah, uh, oh no, there's one <laughs> evil one that's making it all appear a bit bad. Let We have to stop that. It would have been better without that evil one. <laughs> yeah, the it would have worked. The lead character you play, um, uh, Comrade Major Nechayev, codename P three. He was just I referred think it to sounds like Troy Baker in the uh, trailer because I think it is Troy Baker. Um, oh, he's, right. <laughs> he's generally referred to as Comrade Major. Um, he oh, is gosh. the least likable character I have ever encountered in a video game. He why is he American? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you can play it in Russian, but yeah, he has American voiceover. He has this glove called Charles, not Charles, Charles, um, oh. which is full of polymer that talks to him, but also gives him superpowers like telekinesis and ice and lightning. Oh. Um, there's your plasmids, everybody. There's your Bioshocky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the robots come running at you, and then you start fighting them with this kind of melee weapon that you that you find, and it's like fucking Skyrim. You're just kind of gently waving it in front of you Shy to try and yeah. hit things. 
Yeah, no connectivity. There's no weight to anything. It's got oh, a terrible... what I don't like about Skyrim. It's got a terrible shotgun. What? How well, is that possible? Well, that don't exist. The shotgun is awful. I, I, granted We've had good shotguns in games since 1992. Granted, this might be because mm. I've just come from Doom Eternal, which has one of the best shotguns in gaming. But <laughs> Absolutely. This one is just really disappointing. The game runs like a bag of fucking spanners on the Xbox Series X. Um, it glitches the frame rate's all over the shop checkpointing is weird like you'll die in one place then have to redo 10 minutes of conversation to get back to where you were which pisses me off at the best of times the game is so needlessly endlessly horny for no good reason and I'm back in (laughs) so like when you're in the when that intro bit before like the the shit hits the fan you have to go up to Sechenov's office because he's you are kind of like very reliant on him. You refer to him almost like a father because he saved your life after the war or something like that. But and saving your life, he kind of wiped your memory and you forgot that you had a wife. He became American. And became American. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> oh, if you actually, how does one go about that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for 1955, if you look at a picture of the protagonist, he's got dreadlocks and an undercut as well, which I don't think was a hairstyle in the 50s. Nah. Um, but not, in, not, in, not in the fatherland. No. no way. But anyway, yes, yeah, so you go up to Sechenov's office because you need to get a key, and you meet the ballerina twins, which are these kind of ultra, over-the-top, sexified, faceless robots, which are Sechenov's kind of... We need to stop trying to shag robots, I'm telling you. I... There is a cutscene in it stop. where, which it's almost like a fucking simulated sex scene between the two of them. It's really fucking creepy. You also get the um the the, up, the upgrade droid Nora, um who is so fucking horny for the main character. It's unreal, oh, but yeah. she looks like a fridge. She's she's just like a red fridge. <laughs> it's very rude. No, no, it is literally a red fridge. All right, <laughs> but you oh, just a big girl. You know, you go, you go up to it, and the dial the dialogue is some of the worst I've I've, I've encountered in a game. But the dialogue for Nora is so cringeworthy because she, she she'll be like, "Take off that glove, and we can be together." I can't wait for you to put your polymer inside me. Make it hard. I love what? a big strong man. It's fucking so cringe. Every time I got to, it, and it's all it's it's ninety percent of the upgrade machines have this Nora personality. I wanted to peel my skin off every time I went to upgrade <laughs> my weapon. It is so. You go in for like plaf- so it does that thing that that that, that like Doom Eternal is good at, where you can find like secret areas with like little platform puzzles to get some like gear. Yep. Um, you go in there, platform puzzles. You're generally kind of jumping around pistons, which are big pipes with a thing moving up and down like that on it. Oh, so give up! No, and with a kind of bulbous head at the top. It's for so people much that wonking. don't watch the uh, YouTube. You've just got yourself a little gif there. Yeah. Is there any graffiti that says HR Giga was here? No, <laughs> there is comrade Giga. But there is so much masturbatory subtleness and so many weird, sexy things that just don't fit in the world. Like, I, don't get me wrong; I don't care if a game is like sexy or horny or whatever. But this doesn't fit with the what they're trying to achieve. It doesn't make sense. The Russians for have always be been here. super horny, though. I, it's, but that's what I was going to say. Like, it, like in um, High on Life, that dialogue. Worked. It's deliberate. In, yeah, it's deliberate. That the horny dialogue, the kind of because it works in that setting. Because it works in the setting. It works for the people. It worked that the knife. This, this Australian. I don't remember voice any knife like... that wanted that enjoyed plummeting itself into people. Like it all worked. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah but just that is a comedy random, game, isn't it? That's yeah, the difference. Exactly. I don't. I don't recall Bioshock having getting any sexy sex like, in us. No. 
And it, was, there, was there any like horniness in Bioshock? Oh, I don't think there was, was there? No, not really. Um, no, just the bees. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the game, I think more than anything, like I, I can forgive a lot of things with the game, with, with games like a lot of weird decisions. There. The game is boring to play. The gunplay is not good. The melee comments are not good. The, um, the lead character and, and, and his talking glove, Charles, the two of them never fucking Chalez. shut up. It's Chalez. Chalez. It's constant exposition. You'll walk into a room and you're, you're doing that immersive sim thing where you're just like hoovering up all the items in the room. And um, and he'll go, oh, Charles, isn't this the uh, this Soviet doofadingler thing that, that that took over the world? And go, yes, it was created by this man in 1930. And it goes on like that for like oh. a five minute expositionary thing. It's like, no, give me that in a law log. Give me, the, I can read yeah, that. Read at some it point. at your leisure. The only thing I will praise for this game is that Mick Gordon did the soundtrack, and it's banging. Um, is it not metal then? Is it? No, no, it's it, it's not metal. It's very synthy. But is it? But and, and credit to it, when all the controversy came out about this game, you know the fact that it came out around about it came out it came yep. out the week of the anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and it's funding and it's funding. Uh, Mick, Mick mm-hmm. Gordon can released a statement a few months ago condemning the war, and he also donated his entire fee of two years worth of work to the Red Cross Ukraine crisis. Lad, lad. As usual, Mick Gordon being the good guy here, but <clears throat> what a guy! The thing is, the game the, the game is raced all over the place. Like Destructoid gave it a six out of ten. The hardcore gamer gave it a four and a half out of five. IGN gave it an eight the, out of ten. The hardcore gamer, who the fuck's that? This you. is just what's on Wikipedia. Not, you, it's not me. <laughs> Gamespot gave it a six. Some people have given it a four. Like um, Metro, the, the Metro gave it a five. It's all over the place. You might enjoy this more than I did, but don't go into this thinking it's it's a Bioshock contender. Much as it I'm not wants to be. It. We're barge pole, mate. I'm not touching. And it's just really weird to hear the dialogue where, where like the the character. The initial character you're chasing, who you think is like is the misdirect on a bad guy, it's like, oh, uh, come on, Charles, we have to find this guy and stop him because he betrayed the fatherland. I'm like, oh, it's so cringe. No, don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just so weird to hear that because like maybe it's just like kind of preconditioned because we're so used to Russians being the bad guys and things, but it's so weird to be defending the fatherland as a good little Soviet boy, you know? Especially nowadays with what's going yeah, right, right now. Yeah. There's a sour Jesus. taste in the mouth, and again. Let's not get political, but it's still there in the back of your head. Isn't it done done sit right for me. Done sit right for me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Best, uh, it's also in in the week that it came out. It had four fifteen gig updates. What? Yeah, because it, it's nearly like Callisto Protocol. That. It's fucking hacked to shit. Uh, the best update I did was deleting it from my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's also so se- you've been seventy five gig to download. This what is the hit rate now for things you're looking forward to, mate, and getting distraught over it? it. It's getting fucking low. I'm really worried about Resident Evil Four. Shut your whole mouth. <laughs> don't you be worried about that. <laughs> don't you put that on anyone. Everything they've I look they've forward they've already to proven with me. two and three that they can. They yeah. You need to shut your mouth. <laughs> don't don't do this. Because if it's bad, it's you that's done this. I know, Stop I know. getting excited for things. So has that been your horrible week? I've got one good thing, but I'll talk about that in the in, uh, in the Patreon. Bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, from one turgid piece of shit <laughs> to the next turgid piece of shit. This is the main topic of the show. Stig, in his infinite wisdom, reminded me a few weeks ago that we were doing. His idea for us, because it's still, I know, surprisingly, romance month, uh, love month, and he said, why don't we review some rom-coms? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've not, I've not seen that many. Then 
These two? <laughs> these two? And I'm not blaming Stig for this. These two idiots said, no, let's do the worst ones. Well, because it's funny. The worst ones. Everybody oh, well. really enjoyed hearing your pain at Bloodfart Lake. No, but nobody watched it. Of course they didn't. They have sense. No, because yeah, no one's going to watch it. No one's going to watch <laughs> these. Yes, quite good. <clears throat> so yeah, we were viewing the worst that Stig could find, and he distributed them randomly. Didn't you, Stig? Randomly. <laughs> Yours wasn't random. No, I know it went. <laughs> the one Biggie got wasn't so, random. Yeah, the yeah, one Biggie, Biggie got wasn't well, random. Biggie wasn't even here to get this, so I am very looking forward to hearing what Biggie thinks of Gili. Is it Gigli? It is Gigli. And even if it was <coughs> Jiggly, there's no bounce in this movie. Even with Jennifer Lopez's arse in it, it has and no you bounce. Love her. So, this is a 2003 American. Okay, is, and this, this is just, just, just hear <laughs> in the tone of so. <laughs> romantic comedy crime film of just. What? Is written and directed by Martin Brest and stars. Ben Affleck, Ooh. Jennifer Lopez, Martin Justin, Arthur, Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, and Lainey Kazan. So, despite popular media <laughs> giving attention and interest to the film during production, primarily because it starred Ben Affleck and Lopez, who were romantically involved at the time, yeah, Julie was heavily him, uh... panned, and rightly so, since its release is considered one of the worst films of all time. <laughs> it's also one of the most expensive <laughs> box office bombs in history, grossing 7.2 million against, and I don't even understand where this budget has come from, $75.6 million budget. To date, it's the most recent film Breast directed, and I'm not surprised. So Charisma Vacuum, Ben Affleck plays Larry Gili, a low-ranking Los Angeles mobster who's not nearly as tough as he likes to act. Lewis, a high-ranking member of Gili's organisation, commands him to kidnap the mentally challenged younger brother of a powerful federal prosecutor to use as a bargaining chip to save a New York-based mob boss, Starkman, from prison. Gili is attracted to Ricky, but he resents both Lewis's lack of faith in him and having to take orders from a woman. He is also frustrated by Brian's assistance on going to the Baywatch, in quotes, and by the fact that Ricky is a lesbian. Mm, a suspicious what? detective comes to the department to question, sorry, comes to his apartment to question Julie in reference to Brian's disappearance. So this film basically is almost filmed in this one apartment is the main of what happens in this movie and nothing happens in this movie it's just so fucking boring nothing happens so oh, I just I'm so disappointed <laughs> watching this movie it's just I don't understand what nothing happened in this film did you not even take get the Jennifer guy, Lopez in skimpy underwear I would say that normally that was a bonus, but I was really pissed off. I couldn't knock one out on this movie. It Whoa. was just, so it's, it was just wasn't that, that wasn't enough. Yeah, it was just, I mean, there are scenes, right? So Christopher Walken is literally in this movie for five minutes. He's the detective that comes to their door. He walks in, what? he looks like he doesn't, you know the way that Christopher Walken normally, you know the way he normally talks? Yeah. But yeah. he does that as if he's forgotten his lines in this movie. He is literally trying to be intimidating. 
but he never reappears in this movie ever again. Just that's it. He walks in. He says, I'm looking for this guy that's missing. Do you guys know where he is? Ben Affleck says, no. And he goes, okay. And then he leaves. And that is it. You never see him again. There's a a famous anecdote that um, it was Kevin Smith of all people. Don't get too excited, Candy. He was mentioning, because obviously he, he had Affleck on a film of his just after this one. And famously, Christopher Walken got paid $1 million for that little cameo. It's ridiculous. It's not even a good cameo, honestly. It really isn't. And um, there's some really weird stuff in this movie, because um, talking about Kevin Smith, you know his movie Chasing Amy? Mm -hmm. Yep. Which has a similar thread where Ben Affleck has the hots for this girl that's a lesbian. And it's the same thing again, but this time he wins! He has yes. turned a lesbian. It's ridiculous. That's what Kevin Smith oh, was talking about. You're kicking off about it. You're kicking off about <laughs> the, it because it's plagiarism. The whole movie feels like it's amateur dramatics. There is absolute zero chemistry between the leads. You know when I was talking the actual about actual lovers Lord of the in Rings, real life. The zero. Yeah, chemistry. You, you've got that chemistry between Viggo Mortensen and uh, Liv Tyler, and then you've got a movie like this where there just there's no sparks at all. It, it's just fucking awful. There's this. <laughs> The script, there's things like, I'm the bull, you're the cow. And then later on in bed, he goes, (laughs) there's a massive discussion around, there's a massive discussion around like a vagina monologue where she discusses the essence, the beautification of vaginas and trying to explain why she's a lesbian. Um, There's a girl that funny enough looks like the girl chasing Amy turns up. And again, yeah. she's in there for five minutes and she says she's stalking them, but they never <laughs> went anywhere. So how does she know that they were there? Um, the Did you like the it? Brother, no, <laughs> the, the brother um, who's really, he's uncomfortable around women and things like that. The, um, the one that's sort of got, as they put it, mental defects. He says that he got excited once and it made his penis sneeze. Um, that's awkward. That's as really Ben Affleck manages to turn uh, turn Jennifer Lopez's lesbian character yeah, into just, being able to sleep guys. with her. You've got the very famous scene where she's lying on bed and she goes, it's turkey time, gobble, gobble, Ooh. as he gets her to go down on her. <laughs> the next day in the morning after they've slept with each other because How she's managed, to, he's managed to turn her, um, he says, God bless you, penis. Um, eventually when you find out who the f- prosecutor is it's Al Pacino he again is wow. in it for five minutes and then he shoots some guy in the head and the brains splatter behind him and the, some of the brains go into the fish tank and there's a fish that swims past and eats some of the brains I didn't know fish like brains um, yeah. interesting fact Al Pacino is all hoo-ha and then one of the last bits and lines of the movie is when she looks at Ben Affleck in his eyes and she says to him, somehow you got through, i.e. she got through, he got through the fact that she was a lesbian. And he broke through the her. lesbian wall. <laughs> oh, it's just dire. And there's, that is literally all I can talk about in the movie. Nothing happens. Just, I was bored, man. What rating would I you give watch- it out of five? None. I, I mean, I would... None. <laughs> I can, I can ro- watch rom comedies. I have no problem watching rom comedies at all. But this was mm-hmm. just... It's just nothing happens in this film. It's boring. No wonder it's a disaster. And I've watched it, so you don't have to. Just, oh. 
Thanks for giving it's me that. It's one of the highest Razzie Award winning films of all time, isn't it? It's awful, man. This is nothing happens. It's so I wasted two hours and ten minutes watching that movie. Two hours, and two oh, hours, Jesus, and is ten minutes. Of nothing happened. <laughs> of nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing exciting. <laughs> it's awful. So yeah, I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> Quit. Quit. <laughs> Bring on the Fast and Furious instead, eh? <clears throat> now that you know is what? a rom com. Yeah, I'd watch them all through again and rather sit through that. Oh, just finish the ones with Ashuto, please. Yeah. That's just dire. Right, so I gave myself a film called Accidental Love, uh, an American romantic comedy film directed by David Ud Russell. Uh, mm-hmm. writ- and uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but it stars Jessica Biel, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Kirstie Alley in her final role, as well as. Great cast. Oh, I've. Where's the fucking? You look at who's the other bloke? Tracy, what's his name? Morgan. Yeah, Tracy Morgan's in there as well. He's terrible. Mm-hmm. He's terrible at everything. <laughs> he is. He is. He's, he's, he's got in thirty rock, but that's just because he has to play himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not really a stretch, is it? So yeah. the story of this film is a, a congressman uh, falls for a waitress who has a nail in her head. <laughs> what? Fucking what, mate? Fuck off! Like, is it like, Hellraiser? Is it like the bloke from uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, cl- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A clueless, a clueless politician falls in love with a waitress whose erratic behaviour is caused by a nail stuck in her head. Is it like sticking out her head all the way through the film? No, and that's the most disappointing <laughs> thing. You can't see the nail. No point. So it's like in a, the nail it's sticking in a skull. out her head. Yeah, it's in a skull. So basically, what happens? The setup for this is that our film's lead is Alice, who's played by Jessica Beale. She works at a roller diner with her, and her boyfriend Scott, played by James Marsden, who's a policeman. He takes her on a meal to propose to her, and during that, there's a guy doing some a handyman fixing something in the restaurant. He falls off his ladder and ends up putting a nail through her head with a nail gun. (laughs) But she ends up, as she's on the bed to get surgery, she's about to be put out and... um, Put down with a cow gun. Yeah, (laughs) and they come in and go, well, we have to stop. She's not insured. And they all go, oh, right, okay, so we're not going to... You know, she's not insured, so we're not going to uh, perform the surgery on her. Turns out the surgery is something like $150,000. And it's basically the whole film is a massive limb uh, attempt at trying to satire the American healthcare system. Is this film sponsored by Obamacare? In in the guise of (laughs) a romantic comedy. Uh, So they try, but the problem is the tone of this film doesn't work for satire. It is more on the level of scary movie with some of the jokes. Like it's just. I, I, At least yours had jokes. Barely. I, did, <laughs> I didn't laugh once. Not. Not once. even at the nail getting in in their head. No, I'd not pissing myself once in this film. The best line about it is where she says, "Because the nail obviously uh, causes her to act erratically, uh, get angry is or it emotional under a hair time. or something." Yeah, you don't see it. It's just in a skull. Oh, shame. I know exactly. I wanted it being big. Really yeah, I wanted big like a nail like sticking out of her head. But, and it caused her to, for some reason, be able to speak Polish at random times. And, oh, my God. And obviously say things that she shouldn't do. So at one point, she's just like, oh, um, maybe 
because he said, oh, you know, the, the, the nail in her head could change things, you know, so your sex life could change. She's like, oh, maybe I could have an orgasm for once. And he's like, no, I've told you, like, only 40 to 60% of women, they can't get orgasms. <laughs> you know, the joke is obviously he can't he can't mm. perform mm-hmm. well enough. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? He's... I don't even know what. What is an orgasm? Can you explain that yeah. to me, please? So he actually breaks up, with her. He breaks up with her. <laughs> penis sneeze. <laughs> That's yeah. the book title. We're not calling it penis sneeze. <laughs> Might have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So he breaks up with her and it, she goes for a bit of depression. She sees Howard uh, Birdwell, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal, is their local congressman on TV and he's all like, if there's a problem, I can fix it, that kind of thing. And she's like, oh, he's the guy to fix my problem, to help with better health care. So they do this whole thing of her going to Washington to find him. There's a, a representative there called Pam Hendrickson, played by Catherine Je- uh, Keener. And all she wants to do is pass legislation to build a base on the moon. So she's like full on, you know, kind of, she's a Republican, basically. Where Does she believe the Nazis are already there? Uh, well, they want to build a, a, a base on the moon for national security, obviously, because it'll keep them safe, non-blown up, yes. and it's a moon- space laser, isn't it? It's a moon base, yeah. It's cool. So, yeah, it's that typical, you know, it's space force. Um, this all came out. The problem is, this all came out before Trump was in power and, and did all that. <laughs> That's the so, problem. Yeah, um, predicted and, the future. <laughs> uh, PA randomly played by Pee Wee Herman. No the way. Actually, yeah, the actually plays Pee Wee Herman is her like personal assistant. Um, I'm just going to go through the film here because it's just it's just a bunch of things that happen. She eventually bumps <laughs> into Howard in the hall and tries to bring up healthcare, which he immediately shuts down. And as and she's because in, she's dead handsome, she falls in love with him. Yeah, you know, well, as because she's obviously got the, the nail in the head. If she takes a knock on the head, it sometimes can jolt that and make her do different Fuck things. Off. So she takes a knock to the head from someone walking down the hall carrying something, and all of a sudden she just jumps on him and takes him to room and shags him. Wow. Uh, because it, it turned on some kind of libido and, or whatever. And she calls herself, and I, I quote, Ooh, I became a dirty little nail slut there. <laughs> Candy, she stole your idea. Wow. Yep. This sex scene is just a camera spinning around the room with, le- with feet in the air and them just making sex noises. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? That's yeah. what I do. And she's just like, Ooh, I had my first orgasm because, you know. Calling back to the earlier joke. Was the congressman not married and had a family or anything like no, that? No, 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 no. no. Luckily, because what if he did? No, well. <laughs> scandal. Yeah. But he obviously promises her that he can help her with the with this. If if she can come and bang him. He realises that with her case, if she could be like a spokesperson for the moon base for some reason, I have no idea why. They've got like the Girl Scouts uh, doing press conferences to big up the moon base and he brings her as part of it. He's going to try and sneak her healthcare billing within the moon base, and it's it's, it's convoluted. It makes fucking zero sense. Um, oh, what else? There's, oh, I forgot to part that Tracy Morgan is obviously with her because he has health issues. He has a prolapsed anus, and nice. her priest friend has a constant boner because he took Viagra. Um, priest with yeah he took Viagra to help with an issue and it gave and he has a constant erection oh dear oh yeah. dear there's never any nancy stuff done it's just no but it's just <laughs> i don't know why he's a priest i don't know why that makes well, any difference 
Oh, yeah. So where are we now? They they meet the speaker of the house, uh, and he dies in a hilarious situation where the priest has to give him the Heimlich, and he's obviously ramming his erect penis into the speaker all the time. Um, the speaker of the house. The speaker of the house. Yeah. Fucking like, hell. He was trying to claim that the moon base <laughs> was his idea. So then they get the defibrillator out while he's choking to try and save him, but in, she kicks the power socket out of it, so he dies oh. because it's she wants to take claim for the moon base. Oh dear. There's a um, such fucking body count going on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh what else have we got? Uh Alison has a nail. outburst at the funeral, making the big speech about the speaker. Is is Leslie Nielsen the president in this? It, that's what I mean. The, the comedy in it is almost <laughs> it's like scary movie level, like that kind of writing. It's just it's not oh, it's just not good. Um where else? Everything's just so cartoonish. Like it's yeah. everyone acts really cartoonish. It's really weird. Uh oh yeah, Girl Scouts, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, to, to combat the Girl Scouts who have now joined up forces with um Alice. To combat them. <laughs> Because the Girl Scouts were upset that they got promised Shakira and then Shakira never turned up. Uh, so now um, the, the congresswoman releases an anti-socialist video saying that the, girls, the lead Girl Scout is part of a lesbian cult and they need to stop the gay poison and vote against this healthcare bill. I agree. But the funny thing about that is you look at that and go, actually, people, I hate lesbian people cults. actually think <laughs> shit like that. Mm. I know what they do. The weirdos are. <laughs> um... I'm going to skip for a lot of this because it's shit. By the time we get to the end, where, they, do. where, they talk, where he brings up the bill in Congress, she gives this big fuck yeah America speech that tries to you know get everyone on the Land side. of freedom. And they all clap and they all cheer and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they still vote healthcare. Yeah. No, unanim- yeah. unanimously vote no against healthcare. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So she, does, does, the, does, the, does the credits roll and she's still got a nail in her? No. So Howard basically rejoins the party like a slimy politician and proposes that they rename a gymnasium after the previous speaker. But what he's done is snuck in a healthcare bill into that. So people Jesus just sign Christ. it off without reading it. Uh, and then it ends with him going, getting kicked out of the party and going to Alice and their kiss. And the problem with this film, right, is it isn't a romantic comedy. I don't know why this is in the list of romantic comedies. Like I was watching it going, there's nothing I want. I'd been happy with a typical romantic comedy that was shit rather than an attempt at satire. This is trying to do something to a like idiocracy or like don't look up did. I know this came out before don't yeah. look up, but it's trying to do something in that same vein masquerading itself as a romantic comedy, which it just clearly isn't. And the problem is that everything is pitched far above any sense of reality and, to the point where, like I said, it's almost it's cartoonish, it's a parody, it's not satire, it's scary movie, it's the acting's terrible. Everyone like Jake Gyllenhaal's fucking incredible actor. The fuck is he doing in this film? And he's terrib- I asked him that when he did Prince of Persia. He's terrible in it. Like Jessica Beale's terrible in it. Like everyone in this film, it like it's just really bad. It's like they've been told to act bad. Like I they've been told that, be I a bad that, actor. I love that David O. Russell took his name off the film. Yeah, he did. Mm. He's disowned the film. It's like, no, fuck <laughs> off, mate. You wrote and made this film. Fucking own it. You can't just pick and choose it because it's a bad film. Fucking own it. Tracy Morgan is there for the racial stereotype jokes, which he even yep. makes a joke about within the film. Um, directing and editing, framing, everything is rubbish. It looks re- low rent as fuck. The green screening when they go to Washington is so bad. 
and the score is just generic. It tries to manipulate you at times with rousing scores and sad scores and that. It's just crap. It's not a romantic comedy. That's what's bothered me more about this, <clears throat> is that I had to sit through a shit film as on a, a satire about the American healthcare system, which we all know is shit anyway, but it wasn't even a good satire on it. <laughs> and it, it wasn't a romantic comedy, so I didn't even get that out of it. <laughs> I didn't get my rom-com or crime drama out of mine, because yeah. nothing happened. You yeah, know what stuff is- actually does happen in this, but it's just terrible. You know what is a good rom-com about a girl with a brain injury? Fifty First Dates, starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's a bit rapey, though, isn't it? <clears throat> it's also not good. Um, <laughs> oh, I've got out of focus, Speaking of, uh, in fact, put a put a number on that. What would you rate it, mate? Well, I I I only rate my films one to five based on Letterbox, so it that gets to be one, one automatically. But yeah, I, it's terrible, yeah. and no wonder this is in the bottom. Thing. It's not even a good film. It's not even a good film. Someone going, oh, watch this satire in the American healthcare system. The f- right. Speaking. <sighs> he didn't even see speaking, the nail. Uh, <laughs> speaking of films that are yeah, romantic yeah. comedies, I got given a film <laughs> called Serving Sarah. I thought it was Sarah at first, which actually Sarah. Um, directed by Reginald Hudlin. From great credits such as producing Django Unchained and a lot of good stuff, he directed this in whatever fucking year it was. 2002. Yeah. Starring Matthew Perry, Elizabeth Hurley, Bruce Campbell, Vincent Pastor, and Cedric the Entertainer. We're in for a wild ride now, guys. So, like all things I get given, I like to write notes while I'm watching it. So here's my ramblings and musings. (laughs) <laughs> of serving Sarah. <laughs> right. Matthew Perry goes down an elevator. This is how it starts. Like Ethan Hunt to serve a subpoena to a mob boss. I am not kidding you. This is a James Bond knockoff, the 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 beginning of it. It looks like um, Piers Morgan and Jeremy Clarkson birthed an egg that hatched him. You know what I mean? He is... Someone I need to discuss about this. Throughout this film... His weight fluctuates ridiculously. I don't know what were going on behind the scenes because so, I don't know a man. So, so that, that was when Matthew Perry was really having issues with dr- drinking drugs. It happened in I Friends assu- as well. Yeah, I assumed something it. was happening because he, he, was he in, looks like he was two in, different people. From kind of like 99 to 2004, he was constantly in and out of rehab and you can actually trace it over the series of Friends he was in. There's oh, like, you can see it in two, this. Like the 2001 series, he's kind of really chunky. The 2002 series yeah. is really like being thin. Next season, he's the mm. normal weight and stuff like that. He's like all over the shop, depending on how well he was. Yeah, well, my notes are going to look bad now. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Like, he's all, he's, he's all dead. Like, Fat Perry, Thin Perry. So, so <laughs> he looks it. like, he looks and acts like James Bond in, in like a big mobster casino. Um, I always thought already. Like Matthew Perry. Hmm. I always thought yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. Missed, missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. If only he was British. Yeah, def- if only. <sighs> yeah, and, and um, five minutes into the thing, I get an ad break for Geico Insurance. Yes, I'm watching a rip because I couldn't find <laughs> this fucking film. <laughs> I'm watching a rip on Daily Motion. Oh, so, it's a Daily Motion one as well. Yeah, I get a Geico Insurance how commercial. T- how 2007. 
Yep, 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 yep. Um, then we get back after the commercial break. Um, his five o'clock shadow <laughs> is doing my head in at this beginning bit. He's got like really terrible stubble that looks like it's stuck on. You know what I mean? Just looks terrible. Uh, he looks tired. He looks tired again. He's saying shit. He's saying, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's proper fast talker, this guy, isn't he? He's a fast talker. He, na- he says to this guy, the name's Bond, Barry Bond. I didn't laugh. Um, I don't understand why he did that. His name's not Barry in this. Then the wise guy mobsters turn up. Uh, Fat Charlie's after someone called Fat Charlie. He serves Fat Charlie with a subpoena and they all put guns on him. And then he goes, he goes, yes, officer, come in now. And they let him go. He's actually talking to a kid outside on the radio. There's no officer there. So if you don't know what um, a process server is, it's someone that gets sent by state court to give like divorce papers, subpoenas, anything. And you've got to admit that you're that person in American stupid justice system before you can actually get served those subpoenas and stuff. I think it's such a stupid thing, that one. Um, anyway, her <clears throat> uh, were right, yeah. He does that. That's just the opening. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the uh, film. It's just to show that that's what he does. Um, Did you tell us what so, the plot was? Nope, Start. this is it. Okay. This is it. <laughs> I'm telling you what the plot is. There isn't one. Um... <laughs> Sensing a pattern with these films. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to, to the home office to, to work. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer is his boss. He acts like a pimp and he dresses like a pimp. Uh, it's proper stereotyping. He says he talks pimp stuff. You know what I mean? Talks like... like <laughs> we know what you mean. We know what you mean. <laughs> have, you ever seen, have you ever seen the... Is it the other guys with Will Ferrell? Yeah. yeah. When he goes, Gator knows, you know what I mean? When he, when he says he used to be a pimp and he does all that shit, he talks like that. But, yeah, and he wears pimp clothes and stuff. Um, anyway, Tony, the other guy in this, uh, he turns up. He's played by Vincent Big Pussy Pastor from um, Hurt Sopranos. Everyone, you know his face when you see him. And he gets called a wop five times. Oh. Racial slurs already. <laughs> And he owns it, but it's still, I'm like, ooh, this is very early 2000s. And there's more racial slurs. And the other ones I'm not reading out. <laughs> uh, Matthew Perry is then sent to Texas on a big, get ready, $5,000 serving job. The big one. $5,000. <laughs> Huge. This is going to save Matthew Perry's life. Um he says, I oh, know, don't worry about that bit. I read one of his jokes. He goes, Thanks for the prediction, Nostra dumbass. It's not very good, that one. That's not a no. very good joke. I didn't laugh. Um, this 5K job is important to Cedric the Entertainer to keep the business going. Uh, now, smash cut, Liz Early shows up and she's proper fit. I wrote that down. I was a bit drunk while I was watching this. <laughs> she's very fit um, and talented. Um, Bruce Campbell has been seeing her and drops her off at the airport. Bruce Campbell, he is proper chewing. I mean, that's what he does. <laughs> no, but worse than ever. You know, like Army of Darkness? Yeah. That's nothing. Nothing <laughs> compared to this. Because he's playing a big business Texas tycoon. Chin, you can imagine. Out like that. Oh, his chin's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic in this. Uh, he drops Liz early off. Turns out it's his wife. As he drops her off at the airport, he drives oof, five yards down the road and picks up his mistress, who's getting off the plane. Uh-oh, something's happening. So then Matthew Perry is, is sent to serve Liz Hurley, who's called Sarah. 
He shows up to her apartment. He walks past this beautiful Liz Early. He's like, hmm. And, and he goes, uh, uh, Sarah, whatever her fucking surname is. And she goes, oh, she lives over there. And she's like, runs off. She knows what's coming. It's a penis coming. Um, and then he realises it's her somehow. And then he realises he's serving divorce papers because Bruce Campbell wants to divorce Sarah. Right? Do you get the plot? This strong, strong, yeah. powerful plot. Basically, this mistress, is, he wants to marry her. Whatever. Um, so, after finding Sarah and stuff like that, blah, 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 she decides a different plan. She's got like something like 48 hours. If she serves Bruce Campbell first, she gets half of his fund, you know, his fortune. But if, if, if she gets served before him, whatever, she gets nothing. So she offers Matthew Perry $1 million to help her serve her husband. Guess what happens on the road, guys? Guess what happens on the road? They're falling they fall in love. They oh, start yeah. falling no. in love, baby. Born out oh, of oh, different circumstances. Oh. Troubling circumstances. You may, you may wonder how I got here. Um, so they go on this uh, little adventure. Uh, Matthew Perry, literally, I've put written down here, he looks like he couldn't fit in a seat in one part on the plane. He's massive. And then he gets off the plane. He's lost so much weight. Uh, <laughs> it was a long flight. Just the just airplane food. It must have been the pressure. <laughs> um, there's a scene where they're, still, they're, they're trying to find, obviously, Bruce Campbell in Texas. It's a small state, so it'd be easy to find, wouldn't it? Hmm? Mm. <laughs> no, it's one of the biggest states. I think it is the um, biggest, so the biggest state, yeah. After Alaska. But, yeah, it's big. I it's fucking big. It's not fuck all, yeah. fuck all in there. <laughs> fuck you, Alaska. <laughs> but, yeah. So they're searching, and, and they, they, find, they go to one of his ranchers. Terry Crews is the bodyguard. Terry Crews has two lines in this film. <clears throat> two. So he's just basically tall, strong, black guy, bodyguard. He literally, he is told by Bruce Campbell, if you see them turning up, my wife and the, and the serving, uh, the process server, shoot them. Shoot them. It's Texas. It's Texas. <laughs> Funny. And he does try and shoot and blah, blah, blah. What else have I got? Uh, I'm running out of notes. <laughs> so by 45 minutes in, I've seen three Geico insurance commercials. <laughs> have you ever seen a Geico insurance commercial? Yes. It's a little lizard. It's a lizard. Yeah. Doing loads of... Loads. That was the best bit of this film. <laughs> <laughs> They're good adverts, them. I kept laughing at them. It's like Gex or somebody. It's like, so oh god, it's the get... film so bad. He's, he's praising Gex now. Oh, it was. I like. I, we don't get Geico in Britain, do we? No, it's not a thing. But yeah, um, what else I've put? Um, Matthew Perry screams a lot in this. I wrote that down. I am bored of this film. I am. Sto- I'm stopping writing notes for a while. <laughs> I wrote that down. Um, the soundtrack is exclusively Kid Rock. Oh, God. <laughs> Out of the bomb, bang, the band, diggy, diggy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a um, cowboy, man, baby. American badass. <laughs> yeah, it's all that. <clears throat> um, what else have I put? <clears throat> uh, Liz Early is eventually served. And blah, 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 blah. Arsbile ending. Um, yeah, Liz Early is eventually served. But turns out Texas is the time zone's an hour different, isn't it? What? Matthew Perry's got one hour to serve Bruce Campbell. 
And do you know how the whole film ends? We have a big monster truck chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested now. Uh, so Perry decides we need to find Bruce Campbell. He's sat in the crowd of this monster truck like arena. There's only one way to do it. Gets on the tannoy. There's a man over there. He's got Ebola. Ebola. So all the Texans start screaming and point guns at him. Kill the Ebola! Kill the Ebola! <laughs> <laughs> so they know where Bruce Campbell is. So he goes up to serve him, blah, blah, blah. Um, ah, this is the ending now. So it's supposed to be a rom-com. Um, Matthew Perry, the only romance in this is Matthew Perry fancying her. She mm-hmm. don't fancy him. I mean, obviously, why would you? He's a fucking <laughs> troll. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he fancies her. So at the end, she, she gives him the million quid uh, thing, and he went, no, I don't want this. I want you. She kisses him. The only kiss in this film is at the very end, and you don't know what happens to him. Maybe this is <laughs> just... why they're just marked as bad rom- rom-coms, because none of them are romantic comedies. There is literally... What this is a joke on is... It's just... Again, it's kind of like playing on the American justice system, subverting like th- them like saying this is so stupid that we've got so many loopholes in different states and stuff. There's nothing clever about it whatsoever. It's a waste of everything. There's so many racial stereotypes in it. Everyone you see in it is an over-exaggeration of a racist stereotype. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking stupid and horrible. Um, Does it warrant its 4% on Rotten Tomatoes then? Well, I gave it a wank out of 10. <laughs> at, least you, at least you managed a wank from it, then. Oh, my God. Liz Hilly looks incredible in it. She looks incredible all the way through it. She is the only good thing in this. And, and, and she's not trying to put on an American accent. She's still doing that English accent that she does in, like, Austin Powers and stuff and bedazzled. She's, she's, she's all right. You know what I mean? She's all right. She just does Liz Hurley, doesn't she? She's, she's, that's who she is. Um, I didn't laugh once. Perry's weight changes and red face scared me. Uh, Hurley earns the one point due to existing. Um, <laughs> Bruce Campbell is crap. Terry Crews is fucking dross in this. These are my notes. Uh, but Matthew Perry is borderline unwatchable. I hate him and his quips and his face. He makes a bull ejaculate by tickling its prostate for no reason as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, there is a silver lining to this because then... I watched it with the missus and she said to me, I watched the Matthew Perry film and it was good. I went, which one? It's a film called 17 again. We watched that after this. I like it. Yeah, because he's, only, like he's it. only in it for 10 minutes. Yeah, but he was good most, in this. It's mostly Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah, Zac Efron's incredible. So, uh, <laughs> Love so, him. I, so I, I take it you're not going to watch Matthew Perry's um, next, uh, next rom-com after this, which was Three to Tangle with Neve Campbell and uh, Dylan McDermott. I can, I can. How's he getting these say film no. with these attractive women? <laughs> Mate, there is literally one Bruce. bit where, 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 like oh, Liz Early says that they're, they're holding hands in airports, pretend to be a couple, and and she went, and one of the um, the, the staff went, really, like him. <laughs> Do you know what also, I mean? like, also, everyone knows that he's ugly. <laughs> How good would you be if you looked like Zac Efron at 17 and then turned out to be Matthew Perry? <laughs> to be Matthew Perry. <laughs> Actually, no, no. If, 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 if we do this challenge again, it, it's got slightly better ratings on IMDb than uh, Serving Sarah. But Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek in Fools Rush In. How's, How's he pulled it? <laughs> Fuck off. 
<laughs> is that the one with Bruce Willis? He does a movie with Bruce Willis somewhere, doesn't he? That's the whole nine yards. Oh, that nine one's yards. How does he pull it in? All right, the sequel's terrible. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one of those is He's... fine because it's just a straight comedy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the only silver lining from this film is that I watched 17 again and I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? That's a... <laughs> That's a good film, and he's in it. And yeah, he's in it for about ten minutes, but he's not horrendous in it. It's because he's not trying to be funny in it. He, he went. He's not bad at that. Just being a serious person. It's just this is. I terrible. reckon that all those films that came out around the early two thousands, they just said B Chandler. Yeah, probably. They probably but just said B this- Chandler, and that's like so. He, so it's all about him doing the, the dry, quick like whips and quick. He's so fast talking. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, what? He's just proper rapid, and in this, he's really offensive to everyone. He's horrible. He's absolutely horrible. And I know he's told to do this. It's a script. He might not be horrible in real life. I don't know the bloke. I mean, I mean, but I mean, I mean, not to keep harping on friends, but as Chandler Bing, he was quite horrible to the people around him. But he was balanced out by the other five of them around there. They had to have an horrible one, like that kind of thing. Yeah, in the, he still looked just, a mess at the reunion. Did he? Yes. Mm. I, I don't. I didn't want to like. Talk too much on that because he might have had bad, like you said, bad problems in the uh, in his real life. But fucking, why they put him in this? He just doesn't make any sense. He must have been that star power from Friends at the time. You know what it I mean? Will, it will oh, have been, yeah, hundred percent. It makes get no friend, fucking get sense. Get a star from Friends in and try and hopefully that'll. Be well, they all tried it, didn't they? Anderson's but the other friend would have been better. The only What's one that had name? success, Matt LeBlanc. Jew friend. Oh, no, Jew David friend, Jewish one. No, yeah, he's the worst him. friend. No, he'd have been better in this because he's, he's supposed to be like he's a dry pro- process server. You're supposed to be a, a process... You know what I mean? You're pro- you've got a boring job. You know what I mean? That's not fucking Barry Bond that he's in this. It's fucking shite. Don't watch it. Wank out of ten. Candy. So, a wise person once said, boredom is life's way of telling you you're wasting your time. It's true, and, uh, Yeah, I want my time back on this one. So I was given New Year's Eve, which, unlike a few of the films that were given, it's not offensively bad. It's just as dull as dishwater. My God, it is so boring. So I can, and unlike the last one that didn't have any plot, this has too many plots. So imagine the pitch meeting, and it's basically a group of writers sitting down and say, right, we want to do Love Actually, but set it on New Year's Eve in New York. The British masterpiece, Love Actually. Exactly. They've tried to recreate that. So, what it's they've not a bad done. Pitch for new listeners, is it? Like, if you for think for new listeners, it. I just need to clarify that just... I don't like Love Actually. That's a joke. <laughs> no, but like that was a successful fi- successful film, so it's not a bad pitch. Successfully said. To say that. <laughs> this guy is for it. I know what comes next. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, essentially, it's a it's a, a group of different situations of people in New York on New Year's Eve, and wouldn't you know it, all of their stories are conveniently linked up in the end. But what they like Star Wars, yeah, they're all Skywalkers. <laughs> yeah, thought so. Would be all right, so. actually, wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah, what they didn't do was write any likable characters, interesting storylines, <laughs> character growth, <laughs> anything really. Yeah, a plot, <laughs> a plot, too many plots, too many things. I've got, yeah. I've got no idea how they, how they managed to procure the cast that they did. Maybe they, they, maybe they bought into the kind of Love Actually scenario, or maybe they just got a good check. So, right, so wait for it. This is the cast list. Hold your breath. Michelle Pfeiffer, Zac Efron, Robert De Niro, Abigail Breslin, Hilary Swank, Josh Duhamel, Catherine Heigl, Jessica Biel, 
Ashton Kutcher, Halle Berry, Sarah Jessica Parker, John Bon Jovi, Hector El- Elizondo, Ludacris. John Bon Jovi? Ludacris, <laughs> Seth Meyers, Sophia Viagra, Till Schweiger. Viagra? Yeah. Vergara. <laughs> uh, Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Carrie Ulwells. Sarah Always. Paulson. <laughs> Always. Carrie <Elwes. laughs> You know who I meant. Carrie Safeways. Can I get more of the Patreon money if I have to act as Candy's translator going forward? <laughs> Sarah Paulson. <gasps> Um, oh, who God. else we got? Lo- well, oh, haven't we got? Who, uh, we got I, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm I'm leaving out the. Can you go through the list again. <laughs> <laughs> you got Hillary Swank. Julie Andrews, she's in there as well. Ice Cube. No way. Sienna Miller. No way. John Stamos and um, Ferris Bueller. So. My God. Ferris Bueller, the actual character, or Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Matthew Broderick, actual <laughs> Ferris Bueller. <laughs> so this is possibly it's the dead. worst bit of the film. So during one of the scenarios, one of the characters is overseeing the kind of ball drop, which is the famous New Year's Eve celebration they do in Times Square. So she's, it's a, it, I think it's her first gig doing it, and she's trying to impress the president, she, the, the mayor, and trying to pre- impress the president and this company and everything. So this mayor finally shows up, um, and he's in the back of the limo, and um, one of the staff says, so uh, Mayor Bulletin's here to see you. She's like, the mayor? yes, Mayor Bulletin. They open the door, guess who it is? Ferris Bueller? Yeah. Fuck Mayor off. Bulletin. The, the, mayor Bulletin. Is this the sequel to Ferris Bueller? <laughs> the, the big reveal. So, oh, my God. Out of all the scenarios, we've got Ashton Kutcher, who gets stuck in a lift with a girl, and they fall in love. After being in, no the, in the lift for two hours. and well, Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And falling in love with him gives her the courage to sing at this New Year's Eve spectacle that but John Bon Jovi mm-hmm. has pulled out of last minute. Because, so it's actual, he's just playing himself? Yeah. Well, no, he's Legend. playing a character called Jensen, but it's John Bon Jovi. Jensen so, Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi has pulled <laughs> out Benson. of Jovi. at the last minute <laughs> of uh, singing at the New Year's Eve celebrations because the caterer at the backstage is his ex-girlfriend that he insulted last year or pissed her off last year. So he's gone off to propose. The Mm. lady who was (laughs) running the ball drop has Mm. had to leave just before the clock strikes midnight because she's gone to see her father, who is literally on his deathbed. So she didn't think, maybe I'll not do the gig tonight. tonight. Maybe I'll go and see my father, who is literally literally dying. Yeah, his father. Her father is um, Robert De Niro, who is sat comforted by Halle Berry all night. Who his wife? No, no. She's, worst ways to go out. No, she's That's a, she's a, a nurse. She's a nurse at this hospital, who apparently on New Year's Eve in Central New York does not have anything better to do than just sit with someone, just chilling. We've got you would, Michelle. You would think she'd be busier than that. You might think, as a, as a nurse on New Year's Eve, there may be a few other things to do. Um, Michelle mm. Pfeiffer, this is another weird one. So, so there's two cat women in this film. Oh, yeah, there <laughs> is. Incredible. Well done. This, is, this, this film's insane. <laughs> so Michelle Pfeiffer's working at some record company or something who her boss is... Don't tell me Anne Hathaway's in this or not. I'll blow me, Matt. No, but John Lithgow is... No way! <laughs> For a second, who's the boss? 
And she wants to take two two weeks off work. He says no, so she leaves. And she meets up with a, a courier, this bicycle courier, Zac Efron, who really wants yes. to go to this party. She's got tickets for this party, but she wants him to take her on this uh, New Year's Eve kind of bucket list type scenario. So she, he takes him... She, he takes her on... Oh, Don't slag off Zac Efron on Jesus this podcast. Right, I, can't, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I'm currently anyway, using she... the mouse pointer on my own forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes on this trip and they, they don't fall in love, but it's kind of weirdly... Like, they do kiss... Uh... They did it in Serving Sarah. He just loved her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a spike courier and he finally gets to go to the party and he invites her. Of course, he invites her because he's sort of in love with her or feels sorry for her, but yeah, she's but like he's a proper weird... great pe- fit. How can she not fall in love with him? Yeah, but look at her, though. But also, she they yeah, made true. her look like the most dowdy, like, crappy... <laughs> she, it's imp- I thought it was impossible to make her look ugly, but here we are. Um, yeah. Oh, and we've also got a, another pair of couples who are both in the same hospital as Robert De Niro, but they're both expecting um, imminently. And there is a pri- there's a cash prize to win 25 grand at the hospital. So they're both trying their hardest to squeeze their babies out. What, if um, they get it done sorry, before what, New Sorry, Eve? what? Yeah. It's so, so fucking dark. <laughs> Why don't they just have a cesarean then? They're not. That's that's part of the rules. They've. Uh, oh, you can't. You can't whip them. Allowed, out. You're not allowed to schedule cesarean because the nurse that is tending to them has said the other couple has already. Did you say so twenty? Did you say so... twenty five thousand dollar prize? Yes. You know it costs forty five thousand dollars to have a baby in America. You know oh, that. Oh God, yeah, that's right. Well, it means you get half off your bills. Yes. <laughs> have your baby on before right and on the midnight. <laughs> And you'll never have a New Year's party ever again because it's always going to be a kid's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! It's just the most... Oh, it's so so. I, I want to watch this film thing. so bad. You are selling this so hard to me. Oh, God. Oh, and uh, there's, there's another scenario. Sorry, it's a, a mother and daughter, and the daughter wants to go off to Times Square on New Year to spend it with some young whippersnapper, and they get there, and the kid's getting off with some other girl, and then... Sarah yes. Jessica Parker goes and she has to run off to meet a long lost love, which is one of the other character scenarios. I can't even remember that scenario. It's so boring. It's but, so oh my God. For, 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 see, there's just so much going on. I just... Candy, it sounds so, incredible. Well, I mean, if you, feel free to watch it if you'd like. Say the that fact that you remember all the links has blown my mind. It's like Game of Thrones, but on one night in it America. Is, it is, yeah. <laughs> New Year is coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the baby is coming. It was so bad. It was. Did they win the it, prize in the end? Well, I mean, it was two couples battling it out, so we're following both couples, and then the the couple that did win decided to give that decided to say that the other couple won because they saw that they had two other kids. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Fuck's sake! <sighs> it was it was it was boring. It was boring. What would you rate it out of ten? <laughs> A turd sandwich out of ten. I mean the the Robert Denario 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 You guys say I'm bad. <laughs> 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 
Robert De Niro. She meant to say Robert De Niro scenario, but she just turned into Robert De Niro. Well, that's We've got a podcast dialogue. I was about to be so earnest then as well. I was going to say the Robert De Niro scenario was actually Robert quite De Niro. Tough. That's like Matthew McCogney or whatever he said. <laughs> yeah, this is going to have to be a title. We've had so many title contenders this episode. Oh, Robert you know. De Niro. Better than sneezing oh, penis though, isn't it? Oscar winner Robert De Niro. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. Are you coming to the biggies next week? <laughs> he fucking is now, mate. <laughs> oh, please let me dress up as him. <laughs> You're doing the intro. I'm fucking, I hate this podcast, mate. I hate it so fucking much. <laughs> fucking done, me, mate. I'm done. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to move on. I know you loved it so much and you want to wax lyrical about Robert Denario, but we're going to have to move on to, to Gadget. Because he loves good, a good rom com. <laughs> <laughs> Talking Italian. <laughs> oh, God. Gadget loves romance, don't you, Gadget? Yeah. Oh, yeah, fucking love it. Um, <laughs> don't try and convince before, me, mate. Before I get started, I might I just need to say on, on, on New Year's Eve, I looked at the the awards it was nominated for on Wikipedia. Just so I mm. want to see what Razzies they get nominated for. Yeah, yeah. But this one, the only award it won was from the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, and the category was Actress Most in Need of a New Agent, and the recipient was All Actresses in New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that. Oh, so God. the film, film I was assigned was Mother's Day, the 2016 film excreted into the world by Gary Marshall, um, written by Tom Hines, Lily Hollander, Gary Marshall, and Matt Walker. And it stars uh, Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, Shay Mitchell, Julia Roberts, Jason Sudeikis, Britt Robinson, uh, Robertson, rather, Timmy Oliphant, Hector Elizondo making a second appearance this evening because uh, he was in Candy's film and yep. and Jack Whitehall <laughs> which one's he again so this fi- well, who's, who's Jack Whitehall again sorry Gapples is my father the uh, comedian yeah the t- tough boy oh, yeah. comedian Gap, yeah. yeah 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 spike here beard yeah I know it yeah so sure. um this uh, tw- Mother's Day is another one of these, a little bit like Candy's one, where it's kind of like an anthology cast, sort of, but they're all kind of interstitially linked with each other. Um, so, I mean, the the big thing what this film wants to um, to to kind of get across is, and Candy will know this, that the most important thing about being a woman is being a mother, and the oh, yeah. most important oh, yeah. thing about being a mother is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. That's the message <laughs> of this film, um, yep. and it's fucking terrible. But the best part is, despite how much the film is about mothers and Mother's Day, the main character is Jason Sudeikis. Man. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, or at least he's the only one that actually has a story, um, quote unquote. So uh, I'll kind of run through each of the. So Jennifer Aniston plays Sandy, who is, she's a divorced single mum. Uh, her ex-husband is Tim- Timothy Oliphant. Um, their children are surprisingly normal looking for having two such beautiful parents, but that's casting for you, I suppose. Um, she is basically pissed off with him because since they got divorced, he's gotten rich and he's got like a 26 year old girlfriend. 
um, who he's just eloped with at the beginning of the film, and he kind of tells that. And she spends the entire film pissed off at her ex-husband for moving on with his life. And mm-hmm. getting kind of weirdly, slightly stalkerish, trying to find out what's going on with them and all that kind of thing. Also, everything in her life is everyone else's fault, never her own. But the kind of the run of her plot is new wife equals bad. Absolutely. <laughs> then there is uh, that is the least offensive of the storylines. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is one. Uh, he is a former Marine. Um, his wife, who was who was played. In one little scene by Jennifer Garner, of all people, oh. um, died the year previously. She was killed in, in, in service in Afghanistan. So, you know, kind of military Americana kind of thing going yeah. on there. Host of a minion, respect our troops, that kind of thing. Yeah. But he's, so they had two daughters, and he is basically struggling as a single dad with two daughters that he's not very connected with women in that respect. So, like, one of his daughters is a teenager. And she's she like goes up and says, "When you go to the shop, can you get me tampons?" And he starts like freaking out because he his mother the mother always did that. Um, but I don't get how because she died a year previously, and the kid's like fifteen. So Only she just so uh, un- unless they had like a Costco size box of tampons in the garage, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Maybe. I would have assumed he would have had to go and pick some up at some point before that. Well, I'm an expert on the subject now. She could have got a moon cup. <laughs> I am an expert on this now. Um, so yeah, but his one is the only one that kind of feels like a storyline because he's trying to be a dad and he's trying to connect what with his daughters. What about our, these anthology films? These What's going on? Oh, they're fucking bullshit. Why does it keep happening? Cheap and easy to make. They're all trying to do the the, the Love Actually, aren't they? That's a little an bit. anthology type film, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Uh, we get Then we move on to Julia Roberts' part of it. Julia Roberts is a... Um, She's like a Oscar winner, Julia Roberts. Yeah, she's like a she's playing like a QVC kind of host. She's like a home shopping entrepreneur kind of thing. Who every character at some point is has a TV on in the background on her show, and and <sighs> and, the, and they'll turn and go, oh look, Victoria's on, and then the camera will go, and then it's a transition to a scene. Um, fair play to Julia Roberts for this. She her work lasted four days, and she got paid three million dollars for it. <laughs> well done. She's, she's got a good agent. Yeah, yeah, she's got very good agents. I mean. She just she's coasting. She's she's in neutral going down a hill, but fine. Yeah. She made three million dollars for four days. Probably work. not even on the same set as everyone else as well. Yeah. She 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 only interact. She only directly interacts with three other characters in the film. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. That's why she's the girl boss, mate. She's up. She knows. Perfectly. She knows. Absolutely. Well, right into her hands. So her so her thing is she doesn't have a, a family film. She'll be working for Mother's Day because she puts her career first. Until, and, until, until, oh no, it actually turns out, well, actually we go to the, to the next plot line, which is the one that links to that, which is Jack Whitehall's one, because him and his, him and his partner, uh, who is, uh, is that, that's Britt Robertson, yeah, it's Britt Robertson, Robertson's character, um, he, so he is a aspiring stand-up comedian, who's playing kind of- In real of, life as well. Yeah. Who's doing really <laughs> shit comedy, and trying to get in like a battle of the comedians thing, they've just had a baby. And he's constantly asking his girlfriend Kristen if um if 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 she'll she'll marry him, but she doesn't want to marry because she, turns out she doesn't know who she is because her she was adopted as a kid, and she and her mother's in it's all based around Atlanta in Georgia, but apparently her mother is in town for a few days, so she might go and find her. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Julia Roberts's character. Oh, what uh, a twist! What a twist! Fuck, it's like Shyamalan that. Yeah. 
<laughs> but the most offensive one, we're going to get into the offensive one here, is the sisters' storyline. Okay. So we have the two sisters, Jessie and Gabby. Jessie's played by Kate Hudson. Gabby is played by Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. Oh, I know she is. So, you know, we're, we're going as blonde as possible right now. So yeah, their relationship with their mother is strained because their mother is slightly homophobic and slightly racist. And by slightly, I mean a lot of it. And the thing is, Gabby's gay. No way. And, the, and is married to, to, to her wife, Max. Uh, How play, could she get away with that? Well, yeah. But the thing is as well, Jesse's married as well without telling their mother to Russell, who's Indian. No fucking way. And they have a little mixed race baby called Tanner. <laughs> Funnily enough, oodles. <laughs> They're not spitting, are they? No. <laughs> so, so, so Jesse and Gabby's mother and father are arch Texans. They live in an RV. When, like when, we're, first, when we're first in- introduced to them, they're driving down the highway as like the mother's trying to understand how to use Skype. And the dad sat in the driver's seat with his Texas cap on and a chicken wing yeah. in his mouth. Ten gallon hat. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Te- like a red Texas bit. A, a Trump hat. Oh. Yeah. oh right. But not actually a Trump hat. <laughs> I thought he'd have like a. I thought he'd have like a, a, a bandolier thing as well no, on his neck. No, no, no. He's the he's the other kind of Texan. He's the kind of short, oh the worst ones. The, the shorts and the vest in Target kind of ones. Oh, them ones. Yeah. yeah. So um. Ooh. They 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 they, they, su- they surprise their daughters because they have a little Skype call and they're like, oh, we'll we'll you know, we've talked now. Obviously, all fences are mended. So they they, they turn up at um at uh, at at Gabby's house, um, and they they have the big awkward catch up thing and then the fight that comes from it. But the problem is because these characters are so coded as racist and homophobic, it's just a collection of slurs. Oh, but they're doing it for educational purposes. So, so the the, the they um they they go through all the chaos of finding out that um that the uh that Gabby is married to Max, and like like the 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 mum the, the mum is kind of working her head around. Okay, so my daughter is gay. I guess fine. Maybe who's the man of the relationship? That kind of thing, you know, that kind of offensive level. And then Russell then Russell walks in from the garden. Um, and the dad turns around and says, "Well, who's this? Is this is this the house boy?" Like, no. Oh no, <laughs> no. Um, oh, and, dear. <laughs> and when Jesse says, "No, this is my husband, Russell," he said, "Just the dad just shouts out, what are you doing, marrying a towel head?" <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God. I, I'm sat there. I watched this on Saturday morning. I'm like self-hugging. Stop writing lines, and then it gets worse. Oh. It, it, then it gets worse because they they, they mention they, they meet Tanner, the the son, and, they, and the mother says, "says I see no. why you called him Tanner because he's a little dark." No. Wow. No. Oh no. This oh film. God. It has no redeeming features. There is no humour to it. There is no character, apart from Jason Sudeikis' character, which is in any way sympathetic. But there is no romance. There is not a kiss in this film. There is one in uh, Serving Sarah. Watch that. It is universally (laughs) offensively dreadful. I, I, 
can stand on a soapbox and say this might be one of the worst films ever made, certainly with this kind of cast. Like, these are yeah. big fucking names in this film. Yeah, it's a big project, big, big like, budget fucking film. That's yeah. The, that's the link of all these, though. When, when they're they, all when big I budgets. That, they're all big budgets, got big, yeah. got good casts generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, big names in it. I think that was the link on that website we found of the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have... I know I keep saying I make a joke about it, but I mean, this had a budget of $25 million. Three million of it just went on four days of Julia Roberts. Um, Worth it. But this has to be some kind of fucking money laundering. I don't see how <laughs> it can be possible that someone can write, the and, same? write and release a film this bad and, th- and, and expect anything good out of it. But do you notice with these films as well, like, I don't think, I don't know about your, your guys, but... I I couldn't find them on streaming services. It's like they've just been abandoned. They've all just been like cast aside as these films don't exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. No one I wants mean, to earn any money off them still. Just no like, one. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in yeah. fact, in fact, the, the the director of Mother's Day was also um, was he the he was the director of New Year's Eve. <laughs> wow, we've got a repeat offender, have we? <laughs> and Valentine's Day. Oh, that was bad oh, as well, wasn't and it? Princess and Diaries Independence 2. Day. Pr- Princess Diaries 2 he did, and The Princess Diaries. Oh, first one were good. First one were good. Uh, the Runaway Bride, The Other Sister. Like, he does rom-coms all the fucking time. This guy's time. a romantic, isn't he? All on he big days it. of the year. Yeah. He also, mm. ac- he also acted as an underworld boss in 1977's Grand Theft Auto. Oh yeah, classic. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, he, like this guy's is like a, ser- a serial director, producer, and actor. Um, a serial offender. <laughs> very much a serial offender. <laughs> he, 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 the, the, he that alliance, a pretty of... woman. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an absolute banger. I, did, I didn't scroll back to the eighties. <laughs> That's a classic. That is the one of the all timers, mate. That's one of the best rom-coms ever, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's the only good one in his... In his uh, <laughs> so we was trying... Oh, that's why he's got Julia Roberts in. That's why he gets the So one of his on here is called oh. Raising Helen. That's also on that list that I was going to, like... That was potentially right. one of the ones I was going to give out. So throughout his career, we could have done relive Pretty Woman. We could have just done a feature on this director <laughs> and done yeah, his five <laughs> worst films because, wow. because uh, three of them were in that list. Yeah. <laughs> of ten. He was trying to capture the heights of Pretty Woman, weren't he? Clearly, yeah. he never I, succeeded ever. I don't understand how he gets work. Like, like this is what I'm saying. It has to be money laundering in some way, shape, or form. Because why would you give this person this this work? Also, why would you set it in Georgia unless you're getting kind of tax breaks or something like that? Like, can you, because they made the film oh, in Georgia? There's Georgia. a lot of filming. There's a lot of. Stuff That's in why Georgia. they did Walking Dead there yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> The um yeah. the 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 Alliance of Women Film Journalists Awards that I mentioned earlier, um they they put him in the Hall of Shame for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I kind of want to watch that now. I, I I swear, I swear this is um a running theme, isn't it? We are these films like like Stig says this. I think these Hollywood like Gadget says there must be something that these Hollywood execs are saying. We need to keep our budget high for next year. Yeah. We've got twenty five yeah, million. Yeah. Spend it. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The, that kind of so, thing. So, so the, the thing is, this, and with this film, like, like I say, everyone is so preoccupied with Mother's Day. What are they doing for Mother's Day? What are you doing? For, how are you celebrating Mother's Day? Fuck off! No one celebrates it like that. You take your mother a card and you some get, flowers. You get a card, yeah, and yeah. get an hug. But 
if if they had made the film just the Sandy plot line and the Jason Sudeikis plot plot line, and had the two of them meet and then like on Mother's Day, you know, their families kind of intertwine and then they fall in love. Skip that would, the racist plot line. So, yeah, <laughs> drop all of the other plot lines. Just have their their, their plots together. That would work really well because Jason Sudeikis is actually really good in this because he's just doing that affable, charming thing that he does. Yeah, he's good. You know, he play he play he plays nice guy. He gets a really embarrassing karaoke rap sequence, which works in like that's the, the kind of the funny dad thing that he does. You know. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like those. There is a good good film in here. It's just not what we got. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of the actors, like Timothy Oliphant's doing doing fine. You know, he's 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 doing. The Timothy Oliphant thing, he's just standing there looking handsome and he's doing it really well. He tried not to be handsome. Yeah. He's doing it really well. He tried so hard not to be handsome. (laughs) Impossible. Impossible. Poor lad. Poor lad. People like John Lovitz is in this film. Cameron Esposito plays plays Max, who's Gabby's wife. You know, like, Mm. there are some, like, really kind of interesting actors and actresses in this and they just fuck it up. It's so Budgets, bad. mate. It's all about budgets. That's what it is. It's, oh, just, a, it's nah. just studios getting budgets and write-offs and stuff. That's it all has they all to are. be. It has to yeah. be because there is no reason for this to exist. I bet it even launched in cinemas for a week or something like that. Do you know what I mean? These films do. It, 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 it was. Um, the, the weekend of Mother's Day that year, um, yeah. it was the third highest grossing film with 11.1 million behind yeah. The Jungle Book with $24.5 million. And then also behind Captain America Civil War with $179 million. <laughs> Imagine going up against Civil War. <gasps> Beautiful. The, 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 Beautiful. The, the, the only film it was ahead of that week was Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> that weren't terrible. It weren't terrible. No, but it made no fucking money. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Wow. What would you rate it? What would you rate him be then, mate? It's got to be higher than our hours. If if you said there is a decent bit of film in there, I I, I, th- I think if I were giving it flat numbers, I think I'll probably say it would be like a two out of ten. Like, yeah, it, the highest rated one we've got this it, evening. It can't rate any higher just for the racism in it, but like, yeah, like fun- functionally, there's nothing horrendously wrong with it, but it is just yeah. so offensive across everything. It need it was like like a first draft script. Give it another couple of runs over. Drop the racism, make it about Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis fall in love, and it would be like mm. a six, seven out of ten rom com. Would have been fine. She's from Friends as well, isn't she? She is. Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, as much as I hated that stig, it weren't a bad idea. We've got some content <laughs> out of this. Got a lot of content out of it, actually. <sighs> Fucking hell. So. As always, links to all our... We don't have any feedback, do we? I don't think we do. No, we don't. No. God, we won't subject (laughs) our listeners to that. We've done it for you. No. As always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour. With an absolute all-you-can-eat cavalry of oral pleasure for the price of, like, a pot noodle. Just become a patron, please. Oh, next week. Wow. Hollywood. <laughs> the biggest night of the year. Live Friday 3rd. Yes. Which is also my son's birthday as well. Um, Whoops. No, it's fine. He's in bed. <laughs> uh, live on twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism. The third annual Biggies Awards. 
It's the piggies, it's the piggies. Oh, it's the most glamorous night. We've special guests. Welcome, McCoy, you'll be on there. Uh, the chat. So get in on Twitch. Get your best suit on. Do you think we're going to get Robert Denario in? Oh, I'll make some. I think it, <laughs> I'll make some it could turn up. It could turn up. It could. It's just the greatest night of the year. It's the glitz, the glamour, the money we throw into the biggies is ridiculous. It is a tax write-off, but yeah. we got to do it for our budget. Uh, <laughs> it helps <laughs> next year. Please, please support us. It doesn't cost you a penny. Just watch. Just watch us. You know what I mean? That's all we ask. Be there. Be glammed up. Even though we can't see you in the chat, just do it anyway. It makes us feel better. <laughs> Get your best tux on. Your best your best oh, dress. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Basically, if you don't know what the biggies are, if you're new to us, we give the awards to things that we feel didn't get awards or things like that. Our own we make up categorism. It's just a spectacular evening of entertainment. It is. Oh, we correct the we correct what uh, should have yes. been. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, if you are a patron, meet us in the green room. You'll have more fun and frolics from us. And if you're not, this has been a podcast. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Romance Month, but goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.